With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. From Asmacore Studios, near Detroit, Michigan... It's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. All right, everybody, welcome to Unregimented number 225. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. And I'm Rich. And this must be a record, not since since Sandy Hook, have we managed to go a whole week and still be talking about guns. But Wow, this must mean something will change. Well, <laughs> I can't say I have a lot of confidence in something changing, but it does seem like if it were to happen, this would be the time. This, this has the possibility of being... Well, who knows what change really? is going to look like. With, with who's in the White House... We were, well, man, tell us uh, right. You are you are the optimist. Let's not forget how much of a uh, maybe it's an inappropriate term, but a loose cannon that Trump is, because he's been saying a lot of things. You know, he talks a lot, and then he talks to his people and gets his talking points right. But when he shoots from the hip, he says a lot of shit, and he's talked about. You know, checking uh, mental health checks for people, possibility of raising the age to 21. Uh, it looks like there, if we anything happens, at the very least, it's going to be making it illegal to get modifications for weapons. Yeah, bump That's, stocks is his. Uh, hey, slow keeps, down. Bump right. stocks is the one that keeps being brought up from what I hear. So. That's, that's I guess, the cheapest, easiest modification to get hold of, where you do really don't even have to have any mechanical knowledge of how a weapon works. You can just pick it up for I, yeah, for, for fairly it, cheap and, and watch a f- two, two three-minute instructional video on how to install it and go to town. Was he on a four-month delay? I know, right? Because this has nothing to do with bump stocks, this latest shooting. This is, well, once again, the- that, that goes back to the Vegas shooting. Yeah, but this is the this is all the NRA, right? The the Dem- uh, the Republicans are going back to the NRA and going, okay, look, this is getting kind of ugly, and it's not looking, it's not good PR for the NRA. So, what do you want to do about it? What are you willing to concede in order to stop possible bleeding from your organization or some sort of discredit? 
and in return, you know, you continuing to fund our campaigns for millions and millions of dollars. And this seems to be the answer, because this is what every Republican seems to... There has been talk here and there about raising the, the age uh, to 21 to actually have uh, mental health checks and, and and really just enforce the laws that we already have, right? It's not... A, a good part of this issue isn't about the laws that we currently have. It's about the lack of enforcement of the current laws. But bump stocks, I think, is just going to be... That's the NRA saying... You know, look, we'll we'll give up the modifications. That's fine. You know, people have duct tape and YouTube. They'll figure something else out. Oh yeah, there's. I've seen and, plenty of uh, of memes put on the internet in the last week of different people going, "You can take our weapons from us, but you can't take the knowledge of how to build them from us." And then yeah. showing or fucking I mean, 3D print shit. Yeah, and then showing you know homemade and modified. The best one being a fully automatic shotgun handgun. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you dislocate your shoulder, but all right, whatever. You know, that's fucking sweet in theory. I'm just gonna say it. I mean, it's it it seems like something out of a video game, literally. (laughs) Like that's that's the that's the ultimate gun to get. But in reality, in practice, I well, I, I don't know. In reality, I don't see anything changing beyond that. I think that's the the best we're going to get is uh, stricter control over modifications. But, you know, not to derail the conversation, but once we, once 3D printing becomes cheap and it's cheap enough that, you know, everybody who's got a fucking iPhone or a cable has a 3D printer and it's only a matter of time and probably only a matter of years, a few years. Does that make a lot of these discussions mute? <laughs> Not mute. Uh, does it make them moot? Because it's, I mean, how do you even control that? Or, I mean, I mean, we control other types of information. Uh, you know, we, we control the, somewhat, try to, to stem the, the bleeding of downloads of videos and video games and, and all sorts of media, music. So, I, I mean, it's possible to have a plan to actually f- fight that in some respect because a lot of this is just like not everyone's a designer, but all you had to do is pull a file off the Internet and load it into your 3D printer. Yeah, and so, I mean, even if even if that wasn't available, once again, you have people who you would be amazed at what skills they possess when it comes to getting around the laws and with this shit. And it's like, like somebody in the NRA knows somebody that works at a CNC factory and will just fucking start shipping shit for, you know, in exchange for cash being mailed, keep it all off the radar. Oh, definitely. I mean, people are going to find what they want to find. And it's like drugs, right? Guns are, are, are a lot like drugs. And, you know, the, the war on drugs didn't do anything but put a lot of non-white people in jail. Well, considering that one out of three Americans have a criminal record, and that number has shot up to that in the last 30 years, you, 
you know, I, the more I've read up on that, I can't even really put that all at the feet of the Reagan administration and the war on drugs. A lot of that happened during the Clinton administration and the crime bill. I mean, this yeah. is this is not a this is not a case just of one party wanting to come down hard on them darkies because how dare they smoke their 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 hippie lettuce and listen to jazz. This is let's just make a permanent underclass because that's what I mean. When you have Donald Trump giving a speech talking about forgiveness for nonviolent felons because when they get out of prison they have no shot to enter re-enter society that has to tell you something i mean even if he's just giving it lip service for him to say that that means people all the way up the chain of what he meant was there's a there's a lot of good white people rotting in jails for no reason well i mean okay (laughs) even if even if even if he come out and said that it's still Obviously, they see that there's something fucking wrong with the re- right. the draconian laws compared to the crimes that were committed. I mean, if you could literally be thrown in jail for being pulled over for a busted taillight, everyone would agree that's ridiculous. Yeah. And well, I mean, uh, you have you have certain states that will throw you in fucking jail for a year for anything more than a couple grams of weed, you know, and that, that flies in the face of how many states have, have made medical marijuana legal. And how many states have just decriminalized it or made recreational use legal? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a point where politicians have to understand, and I think we're slowly getting to that point. You're going to have your fucking holdouts like Jeff Sessions no matter what, but we're slowly getting to the point where politicians are understanding that this is not an issue that you're going to win on anymore, all right? For whatever reason, maybe it's because the the the, the quote unquote greatest generation is is you know nearing the end and and are dying off, and baby boomers were the first generation to be told you know you smoke that weed you'll jump off a building and they realized that's a bunch of bullshit. So us Gen Xers grew up knowing that, and millennials I don't know any millennial who looks at weed as anything but benign. Like most millennials I know would. I mean, they'll flick, they'll they'll flat out tell you I'd rather my children drink or or smoke weed than drink. Like if we were going to outlaw any any substance, wouldn't it be alcohol? And then you point out, yeah, that works so well. It gave us organized crime as we know it in this country. So, you know, right. but still, I mean, that's that's that has to tell these politicians something. I don't give a fuck what they want. I don't give a fuck what people who are giving them money want. Eventually. They will find another route to start locking up people and keep those prisons full. Believe me, prisons won't sit empty. It just won't be nonviolent drug offenders sitting in there. They will find something else. I mean, it's, it's, it's never been a problem. If you, if, if you have a, a government who is bound and determined to create a permanent underclass through creating criminals into their citizens, they will invent ways to do so. And, and I mean, I... That's the scary part of right. this. Okay, so what's next? Because we okay, if we end the war on drugs, what what's the new boogeyman that that is going to catch a third of the fucking people in this country up in in some bullshit beef and get them a criminal record? Sure. Immigration still um, busting well, brown people. It's, it's yeah, that goes hand in hand. But but look, I really want to kind of unpack guns though, yeah, because there's I want to talk about a lot of the, the misinformation that's happened around this issue in the last week, but let's unpack some of the facts here first. Let's say, I mean, if the, if 
they actually managed to not only ban modifications to weapons, but raise the the age to buy a a, a long barrel uh, gun, a rifle, uh, to twenty one, and they actually implement good checks that actually mean something about you know background checks and mental health, and not give guns to people who have a record of you know abuse of violence. Of what have you? Does that even do anything? Is because the short yeah, answer it'll, it'll keep guns out. Short answer it'll it'll if the laws are followed it will keep guns out of their hand. As Chris said, it'll appease the crowd. Long answer, no, because if someone's mentally disturbed, a sociopath, antisocial, well, however you want to put it, they'll find a way to kill somebody if they want to. Yeah, but, well, it's not black and white though. I. We accept that violence can happen no matter what. Like these arguments of like, well, you ban guns and you have to ban knives and then you have to ban cars and then, uh, you know, Cheerios because people choke on them and swimming pools. No, that's not what this is about. It's not about having, I mean, certainly a goal would be to say nobody has to die from violence against them, right? It's just, it shouldn't happen. But... We all have to live in a reality where it just does. And random acts of violence, are, it's not something that you can fight. It's like trying to fight terrorism. It's a concept. Now, what you can do is create safer environments. I mean, if, we, if they actually do these, uh, these possible steps to have stricter gun control... When I ask, does it do anything, I'm not saying, does it stop violence, because that's naive. What I'm saying is, does it reduce violence in cases where we don't like to see it, like schools? Does it do anything to stop a school shooting? No, because he's really, if you think about the school shootings, he's really like the... I see. I don't like using like the first or never or always, but he seems like the first one that's gotten this shit legally. You know, if you think back to the Columbine, you know, all that shit, you know, it was mm-hmm. they they all got him through back channels, black market, whatever you want to call it, stuff like right. that. So I mean, they get them from a the family market member or somebody. They steal a gun. Yeah, black market's always going to be there. If a sixteen-year-old pissed and he wants to get a gun. You know, he's going to go to the same place he's going to get his weed, the black market, quote unquote. Right. Now, uh, let's let's look at the other side. Wayne LaPierre, who is kind of, uh, <laughs> he's kind of evil, I think, only because <laughs> he can make sense. You know, maybe he strikes the libertarian chord in me when he talks about rights, but the big argument for uh, for not wanting to do anything about banning any certain type of arms in any way is that this is a domino effect, right? This is what Wayne LaPierre is saying. He is saying that it, you know, it's not just about guns. It's about the government wants to erode your rights, and this is like a first step to doing that, to remove the, the, your ability to arm yourself and therefore make it easier or make it, make it harder for the, the now unarmed citizens to fight back once 
the rest of their rights start going away. Now, well, if you're going mind, on that mind you, Trump's a dictator narrative that fits in with it. Um, what? I'm not sure. That's kind of a 180 that you did there because we're talking about. I mean, Wayne Lapierre is on Trump's side, or at least no, I, that Trump will eventually land on his side. I, I understand that, but there's this narrative out there that you know Trump's a dictator, and you know people are pointing out all these these quote unquote things that he's done that are the, the first signs of a of a dictatorship. Wouldn't that be one of them? If we're, if we're going with that narrative, yeah, I just, sorry, sure. I guess I, I derailed sure. the conversation. Well, I. Uh, I don't know. The, the, Wayne Lapierre talking about citizens losing their rights would have more traction, I think, if he had that to say about any other subject. Like, if he was against the Patriot Act, then I'd maybe say that this guy has, uh, has a valid point. But it only seems like it's about his specific money-making issue of guns. And that's well, what I, really I this is all. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I can't speak to how valid the numbers are. But I was listening to another podcast, and apparently, even you know, card carrying, dues paying NRA members are the vast majority are in, in in agreement for background checks, waiting periods, and right. keeping keeping firearms out of the hands of people with a documented history of mental illness or violence. And well, it, it does make sense, to, that, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because if, like, you're a, if, if you're a law-abiding gun owner, you're tired of being demonized because of these fucking assholes. Right. I'm a pot smoker. I want pot to be legalized so I can just go buy it at the store. And you know who doesn't want pot to be legalized? My dealers. Any of the people that I've bought, bought off of illegally don't want it legalized because they are making money off of it. By the way, so he it, only did this back... Uh, what? Oh, back bought, well. dr- bought illegal yeah, yeah. drugs? Oh, yeah, he hasn't, done, he hasn't done that in the last six years. Is that the statute of limitations? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> NSA listening in? He has not done that? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm, yeah. No, hey, yeah, it, dox me, I, Internet. Go ahead. You'll see a man with nothing to lose. <laughs> Uh, I absolutely, I absolutely get your point, and it, and it, and it, I, I agree with it, and it's one of the things that I always thought was so ironic about the, you know, gun-toting flaggets, you know, who wear American flag thongs and carry fifty-cal machine guns because mom, God, and apple pie and baseball, saying, well, well, you gotta worry about the Patriot Act for if you ain't got nothing to hide. Who cares? They're listening to you. Okay, well, what do you got to worry about a background check if you ain't got nothing to hide for your fucking weapons? Right. Right. But all of a sudden, I'm an asshole if I say that. Now it seems like either 18 or 17 years later, they've come around to thinking the same way they do about guns as they did about the Patriot Act, or we've just went, well, it's been 17 years with the government basically being neck deep in our ass, and for the most part, your average citizen can still watch movies illegally, get music without paying for it if they want, and no one's going to prison for it. So obviously they're not worried about those crimes. Right, right. because these these issues, particularly the, the gun restrictions, 
of raising the age on certain weapons, you know, just contri- these are, are are things that will just erode away at the total gun sales, right? It's not going to stop anybody who just wants to have a normal cadre of whatever, self-protection, uh, hunting rifles, whatever they have, a whole armament if they want it, but it will affect the overall gun sales. And even if we're talking about a business here, you know, 10% is a big difference. If you, over the course of the year, lose 10% of your business, whoever your bosses are, whoever runs a place is going, what the fuck is going on here? We are bleeding. And they won't. And the business isn't just, you know, gun manufacturers. It's the NRA and the politicians that they pay off. That whole business. That's the flow of money. That it, that's why they're so concerned about giving even a step in actual in in just enforcing the current restrictions that we have. Because you know, if you lose ten percent of your business, somebody's head's rolling. There's changes that have uh, to be yeah. made to that business. The tenth of your business just gone. Yes. That is not growth, and that is un-American. <laughs> that is anti-capitalist. Well, Since you know, tweet about your business, I also I also just go and think back to I want to say three, maybe two and a half years ago, the uh, the law that had that, that was passed that basically choked to death any new companies coming up for e-cigarettes. And everybody was going, well, it's tobacco companies that are pushing for this. And, of course, it was tobacco companies pushing for it. Because once they basically made the competition illegal, they can now flood the market with their e-cigarettes, which are of lesser quality. They're disposable. So you have to keep rebuying shit. Yeah, they're garbage. They're absolute garbage. And if if, if the NRA and weapon manufacturers were smart, they would understand that, now this is the chance to take the technology they've been sitting on and push it into the mainstream American gun ownership by, you know, whether it be fingerprint identification, different ways, different ways of, of securing your weapons, right. different ways of whatever. Because, look, let's just stop with the bullshit that the fucking NRA and the gun nuts want us to believe. Manufacturers... And people who who research and develop weapons have been sitting on this t- technology for a while. They knew this day was coming. Right. All right. They're short-sighted, no. but they're not that short-sighted. Absolutely. And this is where automobiles make a, a perfect analogy, where a lot of times people use it as an imperfect analogy, in my opinion, when it comes to guns. The, the analogy here being that, look what happened with the automobile when, uh, oh, what? What's his fucking name? Or wrote unsafe at any speed. Uh, basically, people just started Ralph paying it. Yes, thank you. Ralph Nader brought it to people's attention that, like, okay, yeah, cars kill people, but they don't have to kill that many people, honestly. And it's, you know, they started getting legislation passed that said, you've got to have, you know, the, the best technology available in your car to save lives. Well, seatbelts started getting better. Seats themselves started getting better, not snapping people's necks. Windshields got better. 
dashboards. It wasn't a, this was all expensive stuff that the automobile companies weren't willing to work uh, do on their own. We had plastic in the 70s, but it was cheaper to just bend a piece of steel and slap it in there, even if it did split your head in half. Well, it was also ironic that you had, the, you know, the Tucker come out and he implemented a lot of these safety measures into his prototype and the resistance he got from the automotive industry was you can't put seat belts and safety glass and headlights that turn it's cost prohibitive that that turn with the steering wheel so you get better vision around corners and you know less blind spots you can't do that because it's telling the customers that the product as it is is unsafe and we need we need we need customer uh, confidence in our product but yet the right. minute that they basically railroaded him out of business they raided his company took all his innovations yep. and put them into their own vehicles once that again is ludicrous once again like, the same thing like going, hey, you the- don't need these safety bars and roller coasters you don't want people to think it's unsafe but that's that's how big business exploits and kills off comp- growing well, competition well, in, right, in because even though, even though we treat businesses like people, like individuals, we have to remember that they're not. We are the only check on that. I mean, it's easy to say, like, well, just don't buy a car. But in a lot of places, especially in America, you have to have a car. And so if you have to buy a car just to get to work and make money to pay for the fucking car, uh, then you deserve to have a car that has some modicum of safety in it. I mean, now it's not even about what's required, right? It's a feature. I bought a 2014 Ford Fiesta, a Fiesta, like back in the day, the shittiest car you could buy. And that motherfucker has side curtain airbags. Not because the government says, you got to put side curtain in every car. It's because that's what sells. That's become a, a, a feature now. And yeah, if guns, you're absolutely right, Rich. If gun manufacturers were smart, they would start implementing these things as features that people will want. You can have your gun and, you know, you can have your gun with a, a technology built into it that means only you can use it. That's a good thing. That means nobody can take your gun and kill somebody else with it. That's a really good thing <laughs> for the gun owner, right? Exactly, because I know in some states, and I believe once you, if... if uh, you leave your shit unsecured, you're liable. Yeah, and even if, it's, even if it's stolen, if they cross state lines with it, it becomes a federal issue, and I know that they're even harsher there. Where if it's used in a crime, they're knocking on your door going, how'd they get that weapon? Right. You are now a yeah. person of interest. You're per- yeah. It's going to be a lot harder for you to get more guns with that shit on your record. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. There is so much technology that they're just not putting into it because, well, that'll make the the guns more expensive and then people won't buy as many. And maybe this is the the same type of turning point. Look, it didn't happen overnight with with cars. It was a process, but at the end of that, we have much safer cars. We have a lot less people. We have just as many accidents, I would bet, as we did thirty, forty years ago. But people survive them. 
You know, we will have shootings. We will always have shootings. We will always have random acts of violence in this country. But it could be that it's something survivable, that we can lower the casualty rate. And so much of this conversation over the last week about the people are just looking at it as black and white. Like it's a, it's a yes or no answer. And that's all we've ever done as far as progress is just how can we have less people die, right? You can't eradicate anything. You're never going to eradicate homelessness or mental illness or drug abuse, or violent crimes, car accidents, any of this like- stuff. You can't it, make it go away, but it's you like can trying to, it's like chip away say, at it. It's like people saying that they want to eradicate racism. That's impossible. Racism is not. It is. Racism wait, can be. Wait, it's can over. Be, Black racism, Panther came out. Racism. Internet told me. Racism can be manifested outwardly, but, and I brought this up on Sporgy, you know, it's an old Chris Rock joke, you know. All, all, all you white people to go to work, and you know the old man Willie, old black man Willie, who's nice to you and tells jokes and everything. Willie uh-huh. hates your fucking guts, <laughs> yeah. but you'll never, you'll never know it. But he hates your fucking guts because he was at those lunch counters, he was fighting off those police dogs, and he was getting hit with, with hoses back in the day. But mm-hmm. you, he ain't gonna say it. Now, I don't care. You can make any Nazi. symbolism, any KKK, anything related to the KKK, symbolism, artifacts, historical items, whatever, you can outlaw them. That doesn't mean you're going to change what's in people's hearts and heads. And that is, to me, the one beef I have with a lot of what's going on right now is you have people who are in the middle of grieving. You have people who had already made up their mind before this shooting, before the previous X amount of shootings, about what they wanted to do. And they let themselves get worked up and they fall into these fantasy worlds where if everybody had a gun, no one would have, there would be no gun violence because everyone would know better. Or if there was no guns, then there'd be no gun violence because no one would have guns. And right. we just know that both of those, is, both of those are bullshit. We know that right. for a fact. But there has, that was extremes. the other one that I wanted to bring up, is that there, even Trump himself was talking about the possibility of arming teachers. And I, just, I go back to what I said last week. We can't even provide teachers with the basics to hand out to, to students, but we're yeah. going to fucking train them, ensure them, well, and issue them weapons? Right. I'm not but, for, like total gun reform and take guns away from everybody, but I don't think the answer to guns is more guns. Right, and and there's a lot of people that are still towing that line, though, that the only thing that stops a bad guy with the gun is a good guy with the gun. No, sometimes it's not even about like what stops the bad guy with the gun. It's about what things are readily available to the bad guy for him to do bad things with. And if that's an assault rifle, it's an assault rifle. You know, if it if all he could get his hands on was a was a handgun, there'd probably be less deaths. If it was a knife. But that was that last Chris Rock special was great though. We've all, we've all seen it, right? He's like if 100 yeah. people get stabbed, 97 of them deserved it. <laughs> yeah. 
And didn't that happen in China in the last few years? There was I don't like know. three people that went on a st- I mean, went, went on a spree with knives and, and killed like twenty seven and injured a hundred and some. I mean, sure, it's it, it's possible, but yeah, they're fucking ninjas over there. You know, they're they're all fucking John <laughs> Wood out. Of course. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Um, but well, the, the point anyway, is, is that once it, it, again, it, yes. if it's not a knife, and it's a crowd of people, you just drive a car into it. If it's not that, you get it's a pressure cooker and you make a bomb. Sure. If it's if it's not that, you, you get you, you buy fertilizer. You look up on the internet through a Tor browser, the Anarchist Cookbook, and you go park it underneath a fucking federal building. That right. is the point. And and once again, well, I but, I respect but, where these kids in Florida are coming from. But guess what, kids? The world's never going to be 100% safe. And you want it to be because you've been raised on a steady diet of bullshit telling you that the world isn't how the world is. It's how you want it to be. And you want everything to be fair and everything to be safe and everything to be 100% equal. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That doesn't mean we shouldn't work towards it. But but we also can't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're right. And as far as like, if somebody wants to, you know, commit an act of violence, they will. But your examples kind of make the opposite point because all of those things are illegal to do, and that's I, that's all that's really being asked for. I know, that, you know, the, when it comes from the mouths of teenagers who had to live through an incident like this, it's kind of easy to write it off as like they just want to feel safe they'd like all gun maybe they do want all guns banned maybe they do have this fantasy that they can live in a gun-free america whatever that does not make them wrong because all they're asking for is for the this to be to something like an assault rifle to be put in that category of getting your hands on you know, certain fertilizer or making a pressure cooker or whatever, putting it in that illegal category, which has always seemed like a reasonable thing to me. It, That's, once again, I'm not arguing with the means they're trying to go about making the world safer. Right. But it's, it's, just, like, it's just like anything else. There's a difference between harm reduction and zero risk. And... This, that, you know, I was kind of saving this for another subject, but I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. You know, I, I read an, a, an opinion piece that made a lot of sense because, yeah, millennials take a lot of heat, not just from us, all around. And I've, I've said this before. I don't understand why the tail end of baby boomers in our generation, Generation X, don't take more heat than the millennials for raising them this way. But the the... You know, everything you hear is they're lazy, they're entitled, they're blah, blah, blah. And this gentleman in this opinion piece said, it's not that. They're just so fucking exhausting and tiresome. Nothing is ever good enough. You can, there is, there is no give and take. There is no, I'm going to give an inch and they go, okay, then we're, we're going to accept the inch you give us. It's you gave an inch, you showed, you showed weakness as far as we're concerned. Now we demand a foot. And that's not the way the world has ever worked. And I don't care what Barney told you when your mama 
was too busy going out and trying to meet new daddy and put you in front of the TV to babysit you in the 90s. The whole world don't love each other. People are not going to all get along. Nothing's going to be 100% safe. You can never be 100% safe. Life is risk. If you can't handle that, go live in a bubble, jump off a building. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is because the answer isn't to completely fucking demand the entire world change because I feel like or I'm afraid something might happen to me. I mean, two of the three members of this podcast are parents. I've never once worried about my daughter getting shot up at school. Yeah, but Rich, all they're asking for is a ban on assault rifles. Well, first of all, they don't even know what the fuck assault rifles are. Assault rifles is not a semi-automatic handgun or rifle. They don't even know what the fuck they are. They look at an AR-15 and they go, ooh, that looks scary. Okay, well, uh, it's, a, oh, Dan, it's kind of a giveaway. Point? It's not a hunting rifle. Do you, under, do you understand a, a, a non-bolt-action rifle that you every time you pull the trigger, a round comes out, is the exact same thing as an AR-15 in its design, in, it, in the execution of firing a shot? But if I, if I show you a hunting rifle that does that, it's not bolt-action, so you don't have to work it between rounds to where you can just go bang, bang, bang. And it looks like a hunting rifle, and it's got a nice wood, you know, stock to it and everything they're gonna go oh that's that's yeah that's fine that's a hunting rifle well it could be used for the exact same fucking thing as an ar-15 one just looks scary now if they want to talk about well those rifles that look like hunting rifles are a hell of a lot harder to modify to fully automatic they're not lent to be modified to fully automatic like an ar-15 is yeah you're absolutely right and we should absolutely close whatever loopholes are in there. But at the same time, we need to also stop with this bullshit of thinking that that's going to solve anything. That's just going to make people go, oh, I feel a little bit safer when the reality of the situation right. is you're no safer than you were before it wasn't around. You just feel that way. And good, I guess, if you feel that way. But what the uh fuck? Once again, why do feelings trump facts? I mean, we went over this last week. 18 school shootings this year? No, there haven't been. But if you dare say that, you're called out as, oh, so what are you, for dead children? And I'm just to the point where I'm like, some of them. Yeah, basically. If peanuts kick your ass and kill you, I'm not saying that we should feed you peanuts. Maybe you lost on the evolutionary fucking scale. Maybe you weren't meant to fucking spread your genes and weaken the gene pool. If you want me to be that asshole, I'll be that asshole just to piss you off. Now, do I honestly feel that way? No, of course I don't. But if when you can't even go, wait a minute. Stop fighting on a lie. Stop make, making up bullshit and dying on that fucking lie. Because to, to go, wait a minute, hold on, let's get our facts straight before we march out here, is too much to ask. Because what you're doing is you're marching out to a bunch of people who know weapons better than these fucking snot-nosed assholes ever will. I guarantee you the average fucking gun enthusiast, not owner, enthusiast, has forgotten more about weapons than this dipshit in Florida will ever fucking know before he went and shot up at school. And so if they start fucking trying to get laws changed based on incorrect and, and information that's not factual, what's going to happen? They're going to get attacked for it, and rightfully so. Do your due diligence. And okay. you know, when, you, when well, you can't even say that, that without coming off like an asshole to these people, that's Yeah, but that's problem. where you lose me. I was right up there until you said that they deserve to be attacked for it. Look, I don't understand why... 
because we're giving these kids a well, we're not giving them a platform. These kids have a platform, right? They don't need anyone to give it to them. They have social media. Even if TV wasn't covering them, it wouldn't be an issue for them to get their message out. It, there, can't we just understand that, okay, it doesn't mean that because the kids are sad, we're going to do whatever the fuck they want, right? It doesn't change reality. It doesn't change anything that you're talking about, about... Uh, what types of weapons and, and what you can do with them. It doesn't change any of that, ultimately. Why do they need to be attacked? Why do they need to be discredited? Why do they need to be lied about? Why? Okay, one, where are they being attacked? Their facts are being attacked if they are openly spreading lies because they're too lazy to fucking go get the truth. It doesn't t- It's not even that hard to do these days. And I'm not going to sit here... Yeah. If you want to go back over what we went over last episode or episode before, of course they have the right to say whatever the fuck they want. No one's arguing that. I'm not arguing that. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to speak for Chris. I'm not arguing that. Of course they do. No one has to give them that. They were born with that, supposedly, in this country. What I'm talking about is you can't walk in to have laws made based on lies and, inf- and, and, and incorrect information and expect the side who's going to give you resistance to go, oh, but, you know, we can't bring that up because that's attacking them. No, you're attacking their facts. And the fact is, an assault rifle is a fully automatic weapon, okay. period. A 9mm is a semi-automatic handgun. I mean, if, if, if these kids can't don't know the difference between single and double action and fully automatic and semi-automatic, then maybe their opinions about what is and isn't an assault rifle need to be taken with a fucking huge grain of salt. I'm not saying... Their opinions on, once again, if they want to ban fully automatic weapons, I totally understand that. I really do. If they want to ban loopholes for fucking people to get conversion kits, I totally understand that. In fact, the peer-to-peer sales is one of the biggest ones I think we need to clear that loophole. Yeah. Because as far as I understand, if you're a private dealer, if you're a, pri- excuse me, a private owner, you can sell to another private owner, and it, the law don't even have to fucking know that weapon exists in the first place, especially if it's a grandfathered weapon, if it's a weapon that's been grandfathered in. That needs to be fucking, shut that shit down. Because that's, I guarantee you, if you trace those type of weapons, that's where you most of those weapons find themselves in the black market eventually. Because if they're stolen, what do you do? You go to cops and say, hey, this weapon who, according to every gun registration, in the, on the planet doesn't exist was stolen from me what was the serial number i don't know it was my great-grandfather's fucking weapon didn't even one, have one, a serial one, number on it one 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 yeah, exactly i mean these these are issues that these kids someone needs to around them go okay guys love the enthusiasm love the the can-do attitude but we got to get our facts straight because if you walk in there with a bunch of half-truths and the lie of omission about these about these weapons, they're going to rip you to shreds. You cannot walk into a debate with a bunch of bullshit. And I don't see where the the issue is on saying that. I, I just don't. If I don't, I don't know shit about a lot of the the, the, the shit that goes on in the in in the cannabis okay. world these days. I don't know about dabs or anything. Now, if I start saying let's just outlaw all weed because I saw someone looked with a blowtorch smoking out of a big glass pipe that looked like an overgrown crack pipe. 
you'd look at me and go, you're fucking stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. And you'd be absolutely right. That's what I'm getting at, Aaron. I'm not saying they have no right to say what they said. I didn't say that. Okay. Well, I, but just getting just getting <laughs> to where we're all on the same page is the starting page of the same book. That's, what I guess, what I'm saying. And I... Look, it's fucked up because I don't. I don't know at this point. I, I've, I've had, I've felt this way at one, at more than one point this week. You know what? Just ban all fucking guns and let's get it over with. Just fucking make everything illegal. Turn half this country that don't want to turn their guns in into criminals. And you know, maybe if maybe if all hell breaks loose and everything gets fucking torn down and blown up, then we could fucking start over. Because I don't know what the answer is anymore. Because every time someone comes up with a solution, they're shouted down because it's not either everybody needs guns or no one needs guns. The the two extremes. Well, right. You know, I, I'm I'm not looking to these kids for policy. You know that that's why. I mean, I can't argue against your point, but because I, I believe that you're factually correct, but that doesn't change the fact that I mean. Certainly, some of these kids, or they have an, they feel like they have an idea of what it is that they want, right? What they really want is to not have to live through what they lived through, ultimately. But they they're not the ones that are putting together laws that they want to see passed. So to just I, there's a there's a lot of just outside of picking apart their argument. What I saw was a lot more of personal attacks, of trying to discredit them. I mean, first of all, anytime anybody uh, organizes in any fashion on on the left, immediately they're being paid by somebody. They're democratic shills. All these protests are totally staged, and you know those same claims were made against these kids. Um, yeah, and I have to ask. So is the deep state, is that a new way of saying Illuminati, which means just basically whatever we can't explain, that's our boogeyman we're going to point to? Because, for, you know, I've heard deep state referred to as they support the far right, and now all the far right people are saying, no, no, the deep state is supporting the far the far left in this country to take our guns from us and all this shit. And it seems like, no, okay, you guys can't even agree on what the deep state is. I mean... It, so is it just a catch-all term, just kind of like eh, like a shadow, bunch of shadow people, can, you know, puppet masters? Is is am I picking yeah, up on that much. right? Okay, so I think anybody with half a brain and you know a few brain cells to rub together could understand that when you start hearing people throw terms like that around, very ill-defined at that, that you're talking to someone who is not dealing in reality. So. <laughs> We should be we should be self aware enough as a society to go. Really, dude, why don't you why don't you take some medication and calm down? Okay. I wish I could find it on on Twitter, but there was I think it was a senator or a representative from somewhere that had posted after their uh, their talk with uh, it was um, it was Marco Rubio and Jeff Flake and somebody else I think that uh, anyway. This uh, this politician tweeted out, "Parents, what would you do if your kid stood up and like started basically uh, telling a bunch of politicians what to do?" This is 
this is the they're being disrespectful and I didn't get through all the responses because there were there weren't a lot of likes or retweets very few but thousands of responses to this I could not find a single one that was like yeah you're right these whippersnappers are out of control tell them to shut up everybody was like I'd congratulate my kid I'd be really proud and a lot of this wasn't just like uh you know just pro kid like kids uh, you know my kid's never wrong you can't criticize my kid this was whatever whether you think these kids are right or wrong they're expressing a basic freedom that we enjoy here in America and one of the concepts of this government is that the politicians that we elect are the same at the same level of citizenry as we are and are expected to uh be held to the same laws and the same and have the same rights and everything so it it's totally valid for anyone including somebody who's not even old enough to vote to tell them where to stick it well one of the things that they were being attacked for which left me i would i want to say it left me scratching my head but it really didn't it just left me shaking my head was they were the kids that are 17 or just turning 18 this year, you know, uh, saying, look, the minute you hit 18, go go register to vote and get a list of the, the people who you can vote on who basically refuse to listen to you because, oh, you're just some 17-year-old snot-nosed high school kid. Shut your fucking mouth. And, and basically show them that, yeah, you fucked up because you pissed me off. You pissed me off enough to actually go out and be proactive instead of reactive. Wait for shit to happen, sit around and bitch about it. I'm going to go out and make shit happen. And if that and if that does happen, then yeah, great, wonderful. My problem is we every time we have hope for that that the young folks are going to come out in mass and change things with their vote and their enthusiasm. What happens when all the numbers come in? Still a bunch of old people making decisions for everyone in this country for the most part. Young people got better shit to do, apparently. We went through this with the whole with the whole 2016 election. Now, if now is this an issue I hope that can motivate them to go out, get registered, vote how they want to see change come about and vote for that change? Yeah, great. Because really, that's the only way it's going to happen. We're, I mean, we've talked about it. Money's not going out of politics anytime soon. The NRA isn't just going to go wake up one day and go, oh, God, we've been on the wrong side of history. Our bad. And, yeah, if a bunch of kids who are now 17 but will be 18 in November of this year go out and their vote sways some elections to where some of these politicians who thought that they were bulletproof, no pun intended, with the subject we're talking about, are now sitting on their ass going, fuck, what do I do? I no longer well, have an, I'm no longer an elected well, official. Then some good came up. We have up a very short-term memory as a country, and that's nine long months from now. Right. Well, Rich, you know, you mentioned money, and um, there was a tweet earlier today from the First National Bank, of, or actually First National Bank of Omaha is the full title. And apparently this bank has uh, does a lot of business with the NRA, even offers a, an official NRA credit card. And they tweeted out today that customer feedback has caused us to review our relationship with the NRA. 
As a result, First National Bank of Omaha will not renew its contract with the National Rifle Association due to the uh, it, to oh I'm sorry National Rifle Association to issue the NRA Visa card. So they don't want the NRA Ooh. name tied to their bank anymore. Your heroes, some other bank will mop it up for you. Oh, certainly, but you were saying you know that ultimately money controls all this, and that was. Kind of what I was saying earlier too, that you know, this is all just a big business, and when it starts affecting your numbers, maybe maybe the NRA is willing to give up a little more than it was. Maybe maybe Wayne Lapierre sees an opportunity to spin this around and be a hero. Do you want to take bets that the new bank will be based out of Texas? <laughs> right. I mean. This will mean probably increased business for the this National Bank of Omaha because for as many people as they lose for not offering an NRA credit card, they'll probably gain a lot more people who want to go out of their way. As a matter of fact, there was a, this was in response to a, a tweet, uh, somebody else that was talking about how, if it was true, the rumors that they had heard, uh, that they would be move- closing their current bank accounts and moving them to this bank in order to support that idea. But just as many people will go and, uh, you know, proudly support yeah, their NRA, NRA credit card from whatever bank picks up the money. The money's going to go somewhere. But, I mean, this... If things change, they're going to change through a combination of money and public pressure. This yeah, is- and one of the things that I was very glad to see a couple hours before we started the show today was one of the kids who were at that high school in Florida who survived the attack went to Twitter, took it upon him, him or herself, I'm not really sure the, the kid's gender, uh, took it upon themselves to get a list of politicians in that area of Florida who had voted against any type of background checks and, or any type of you know gun control, I guess, for a blanket statement, and broke it down and said this is how much money they've taken, as far as we know, from pro-gun lobbyists, et cetera, et cetera. This is how they've decided, you know, how they voted. This is their voting history. And at the end of this, this graph and this chart he come up with, or this, this kid come up with, they put to all the ones who continue to take money from the NRA and pro-gun lobbyists, hope you enjoyed being a politician. And I'm like, great, wonderful. And I know that's coming off as sarcastic because it's me. I'm totally not being sarcastic. That's how you get shit done. You tell them the that's, truth. Yeah. You tell them the truth. Not the, not the pretty little bit of spoonful of sugar help the medicine go down. You tell them the truth that pisses them off and makes them angry and makes them go, fuck them motherfuckers over there. And right. I'm gonna instead of instead of finger fucking my phone for two hours tonight on Snapchat or whatever the fuck, I'm gonna do my research and I'm gonna post this up and I'm gonna watch it go viral. That's how you get shit done. Absolutely. And because to me it's not about the Republicans are wrong about all this, that even the NRA is completely wrong about this issue. It's that we can't have a basic conversation about the facts. And what we can really do about any of this shit until we get the money out of there. As long as 
there's millions of dollars being funneled from the NRA to politicians. We're never going to be able to get a straight answer out of them as to what we should do about this. They're always going to toe the line of the people who gave them the money. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, I don't know. It's a product that they know that kills people. It still has this huge lobby. They know it's killed people for 40 years. still has a huge lobby. So why do we think guns are going to be any different? Yeah, but I I don't know. You're right. And the the problem is, too, is we don't have a... uh, I'm not using this as my argument. This is a lot of other people use as the argument. We don't have a constitutional right to cigarettes, to pressure cookers, to knives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. Like there's as long as that second amendment exists, we're always going to have this debate. It's not going to matter. I hate to sound like that, but I mean really right. that's it, that's what's but, there and that's what a lot of people cling to. Yeah, but this uh, the argument that gets trotted out by a lot of people of well, if you ban this type of weapon or all weapons, then it's it's just never going to end and we'll, we'll end up banning swimming pools because they kill more people each year than any weapons do. And that's just, <laughs> it's one of those things that sounds right, but if, you, if pool manufacturers were making pools with like sloped sides that were really slippery, you know, and people were just like being basically sucked into pools smacking their head and drowning, then at a certain point, the government would go, you can't, I don't care how cool they look, you can't make pools like this anymore. You have to have an area around them with some traction on it so people aren't accidentally slipping into it. You have to do something, right? And we do this with everything. With fi- There's codes for you want to build a structure anywhere. The government has a say in how you build it. You can't build it so it's just going to fall down or catch fire or blow up because innocent people could be hurt. We control all of this. Cars, pools, structures, weapons. It's not an all or nothing. All of this is, is, is controlled by the government in some respect. Well, but also, let's not be willfully obtuse here. There is a segment of elected officials who think that legislating everything is going to keep them in power. And there, are, there is a section of society who feels the same way. That, you know... Yeah. And That's progress. Authorita- We're making laws. Authoritarian- We're, ma- We're making the donuts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, authoritarianism is not, is not exclusive to one... to the left or right side of political ideologies. Yeah. I mean, you know, my brother is... had very long conversation with him this week, and... You know, he's very much in the, well, it'd be hard to commit crimes if we had drones monitoring every, you know, flying above us, monitoring things, and cops were immediately dispatched the minute something happened that a drone picked up. And I'm like, do you really want to live in a police state? And he said, it's better than living in a state where I could be killed by random violence. And I'm thinking, uh, okay, hmm. and I... I just go back to, and I guess by your definition, if you were stuck in a cage for 23 hours a day, but nothing could get to you, 
you, you technically you're safe, so you're free. Oh, he and loved Germany in the 30s. I, I mean, but but there are uh, there is a segment of our elected officials and pop population that feel that way, and that's why well that's why we don't listen to everybody. Everybody has the right to speak. Doesn't mean everybody's got to listen to you, you know. And I, I I have issue with that from the coming from the right. Issue with that coming from the left. But I don't. What I don't have an issue with is sensible laws when we've tried every fucking thing else. I mean, what else can we do as far as random gun violence, background checks for mental mental illness, background checks for a history of violence? Why is that even? Why is that even up for debate? That's just common sense, isn't it? Right. Well, yes, and we have. Even the current background checks that we have in place are ignored by a lot of businesses because it's like if you're a fucking corner liquor store downtown and you're selling Lucy's, okay, <laughs> maybe maybe every once in a while a cop goes in and says, come on now, I got to ticket you for this now. And you pay the fine and then you turn around and you sell enough Lucy's the next weekend to more than pay for the fine. So it, the, the current laws are not being enforced because even if somebody does look into it, it's going to be a slap on the wrist. Now, be overserved by a bartender who knows that you're too drunk and then fucking crash your car and kill yourself or somebody else and... That bartender is probably never going to work as a bartender again. And you could be fined enough to lose your bar if you're the bar owner. But that doesn't happen with these businesses, you know? There's, there's so much, like you were saying, Rich, about uh, um, you know, having a gun owner sell it to somebody else. There's so much more than that, though. It's fucking trade shows where people can just walk up and walk out with a weapon. And this is probably a lot of the same businesses who, you know, they're legal nine to five business. They do all the paperwork and they submit it to the FBI and they've got their waiting period and all that. But then they can just take some of their stock to a trade show and unload it and not have to go through any of that shit. And nobody's going to, even if they do trace it back to you, it's going to be like, so what? So you pay your fine and you keep going. It's the price of doing business because you made so much more profit off of selling those weapons at a trade show. It doesn't even matter. I mean, it's like, it, it's like what's happening even here in Michigan if we're doing, uh, with uh, marijuana. It is legal, but you have to get a medical card. You know, you jump through the hoops and the, the business jumps through their hoops. They get it government approved and they have to show the, they have to prove that they're only selling to people who are government approved medical marijuana users. And then they grow a little surplus and they sell it on the black market and make a huge profit off of that. And more of them makes up for. And, and, and what happens if that somebody actually catches on to them? doesn't matter. I'll shut my shit down. I'll have it up in my buddy's name in two days in a, in a building down the street. Because I've made so much money, not only just off of selling legal medical cannabis, I've made a lot more money selling off my excess pot on the black market. Yeah, I mean it's I it's know. kind of it's 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 the a lot like the is, it's a lot like the insurance laws here in Michigan. You know, our insurance rates are so high that you can get the jump start policies for seven days, 
and people realize that, well, that's how I'm going to re-up my tags. And then they let yeah. it expire. And as, if they get pulled over, the cops, what do they do? They give you a $180 ticket. For, right. for most people, that's cheaper than, than full coverage for one month. Rich, if you got pulled over once a month, it would still be cheaper. Exactly. Especially if, God forbid, you let it lapse even 12 hours. Right. And the cops, while setting aside the legality of running plates, that's all they fucking do around here. They cannot pull you over, though, for not having insurance. Yeah, that can't be the sole reason. They can tag it on to pulling you over for having a light out, speeding, whatever else. But they can't pull you over for that. Which is interesting to me. Because if the government and the insurance companies were both wanted to actually do something about making sure that everyone was on the road and insured, then they could make that happen pretty easily the same way that they make sure that nobody without a, a, nobody can drive without a driver's license. They run your plates and you got no license, you're going to jail. They could do the same thing with insurance, but they choose not to. Why? Because these no-fault insurance places make so much fucking money off these seven-day policies where you put down usually about half of what you would normally have to put down to start a policy. Mm-hmm. But it, when you put down that initial payment, you're covered for 30 days at least. If you miss your next payment, well, then your insurance canceled. You put down half of that for a seven-day policy, you know that ain't doing you any good. Nobody's going to claim anything on that policy. They don't pay out on those. I mean, maybe once in a blue moon. somebody Something actually happens in those first seven days, and they have to pay some out. And I'm willing to bet that they make enough off of those seven-day policies to fight those cases in court. Oh, sure. To where they'll send lawyers in there to go, you had a seven-day yes. policy, motherfucker. Don't act like you were worried about your car getting hit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Yeah. And, and, but and the lawyers again, are the price of doing business. And, and, and this goes back to what we were talking about. As long as there's money to grease the wheels and everybody gets their cut, there's no incentive to change anything. Mm-hmm. And as long as there's no, there's no answering for turning, even if you're not a, an active participant in greasing the wheels and getting your cut, just if, if there's no punishment, for lack of a better term, for turning a blind eye towards it, let alone participating in it, then you, it's just going to keep perpetuating itself. And that's why whoever that kid was who took the time to sit down and, and come up with that chart and come up with that list, I'm like, you know what? Fuck. T- can I vote for that kid? He's showing more fucking, you know, self-motivation and initiative to get something done than most politicians I've ever voted for. Yeah. That's why it really stings me when a lot of, especially Democrats, like to talk about they want to crack down on the predatory lending industry. And I'm like, okay, maybe they're gouging, but at least they're providing a fucking service. Like, it, meanwhile, uh, fucking... Hospitals and car insurance places are gouging the poor every fucking day, and it doesn't matter because money. Yeah, and it's also, and this is this is just a sad fact of the internet slash social media area or era we live in. Um, you don't even really have to do anything to start to get people discredited. 
The people do all the heavy lifting for you. People that have already made up their, their, their minds about a certain subject will go and do all the research and connect dots that aren't yeah. even you know on the same page, let alone the same coloring book. Well, all you need is the right photo, the right video, and that's just like, hey, that doesn't lie. If you present present the right media in the right context, then you can tell a story that a lot of people will believe. Yeah, I kind of feel like, remember uh, when they used to give you those tests where they'd show you a picture, they'd say, now tell me a story, or there'd be a set of pictures, and you had to somehow connect them by telling a story. Like they were cog, they were cognitive tests you'd get when you were a kid. Like I don't know if they were exactly IQ tests or maybe part of like placement testing or or, or something to see where you were at. Maybe because only because I've jumped from school to school so much, but I had to do those. That's that's really what the internet does now. They take let's just say four unrelated things and they just make up a story that connects them all together. And they go, okay, good enough. And then someone posts it. Someone sees it who agrees with it, agrees with the conclusion, because they, right. they start from their conclusion and they work backwards. Well, They already it, have the answer. <laughs> Look, I mean, I'm guilty of falling for this shit myself. I mean, I can't think of a specific example, but there's been plenty of shit that I've uh, posted on our private chat, you know, that it's a you know picture with a really good caption that seems to make a really good point. And then you guys will point out an article that just debunks the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. I was had. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so easy to, if you have... The president should be shot out of a cannon. <laughs> right, yeah, there's a, there's a good example. That was, a, that was a totally doctored tweet. He said, if the Dow ever drops more than 1,000 points in one day, the president should be shot out of a cannon. It was dated during Obama's term. And... The thing about Trump is there's so many tweets like that that you can, you know, whatever his stance is on something today, you can probably find something where he's, you know, contradicted himself in the past. Uh, But, you know, because I I had this narrative. I just stumbled upon a story that debunked it. No, no, absolutely right. Like, that's the dangerous part of this is that I have a narrative. I mean... Narrative has got such an ugly spin to it because it's it's used to describe uh, people outright lying when really it's having, you know, you have a preconceived story in your head, everybody does, about how the world works or the politics of any given subject. And as you get information, you either go, that seems logical, that, that doesn't, that seems like bullshit, you know? Now, more concerned people will dig in a little bit more than just looking at two memes and going, this one looks right and this one isn't, and now my opinion is solidified, and and that's it. That's fact. But I, I guess I'm just, I'm sympathetic to how how easy it is to just take, I mean, not just memes as in, like, you know, the... Uh, picture with words on it that everyone passes around on the internet. But memes as a concept, like, everything can be boiled down to just one thing. And that, I guess, ties in a lot to the current debate that we're having over guns, you know, that that makes it just black or white, good or bad. Well, and I, I, it's, it's, 
it, it, we've talked about it before, but I, I'm just astounded at the laziness of people to not just do the very basic Google search fact check before they, you know, start posting things. I remember like the first bunch of shit I started seeing on Facebook that I was like, wait a minute, this seems like pure bullshit was on September 15th of 2009, Facebook's going to start charging $15 a month to use their service. Oh, that, yeah, that shit. You know, you guys remember that. And and everybody's like old ass grandma and aunt and uncle fell for it. And you had to explain to them as gently as possible. And eventually, the, you know, those died out. And then it was, you know, whatever, whatever the new hotness was as far as, you know, oh, this That's, is. I do not authorize Facebook to use my blah, blah, blah. Remember, that was that was oh, hot right. for a minute. And then I remember, I remember for a minute it was uh, uh, people were starting to, um, I guess it was anime fans or whatever, or maybe not anime, but an, an, animation fans were starting to change their you know their profile pictures to their favorite cartoon characters. And oh yeah, pedophiles are having these people do that to identify the children so they can track them yes. and <laughs> come touch their booty hole and all this bullshit. <laughs> and it's like you know it's like really really and it, all it takes is click 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 click, boom. Okay, this is bullshit. The overwhelming evidence points to bullshit, and two or three sites that if you do it a little bit more digging says it's legit. And these sites look like something that's from, you know, put together by someone in third grade on a fucking 486, okay? I mean, And now serious. you got Hillary selling kids out of a pizza place basement, all right? Yeah. Uh, and, all... and, and by the way, uh, how many pizza places you ever worked at had a basement? Uh, <laughs> zero to one. That's a good point. <laughs> that's like when I worked at Toys R Us and, and we did midnight stock. We would wait till the fucking new guys come in. And we'd go to the PA and we'd go, I, just to throw a name out there, James, to the elevator, please. James, to the elevator. It's a Toys R Us. Why is there an elevator in a Toys R Us? And we'd laugh our asses off because these, these fucking new guys who were still wet behind the ears would wander around for half an hour, too embarrassed to ask where the elevator is, but looking for one. And finally right. the boss would be I like, I can see they're being afraid elevator, maybe. But you know, but the boss would be like, "What do you be? Why? Why are you walking around for half an hour instead of doing your job?" I'm looking for the elevator. Yeah. Really? Uh, there is no elevator. Yeah. Go back to work. You know, I mean, yeah, I got to get the bacon stretcher. Uh huh. Got to get was- my left-handed pizza cutter. <laughs> yeah. Got to get my turn signal fluid topped off. Yeah. I mean, all that <laughs> shit. My muffler bearings went. It's been a hellacious winter. I mean, I got to get all new muffler bearings. Yeah, it's a goes out. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. God damn it! <laughs> You're reading my fucking mind. It all goes back to snipe hunting. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, okay. These, so lines, I, I don't know. I, can I just I just want to bring up real quick to just show yeah. anybody listening who's interested how easy it is to really debunk the nonsense you're seeing. Okay, so one of the kids who survived the shooting is named David Hogg. Um, he's kind of the clean-cut, nerdy-looking white kid whose father's a former FBI agent. Uh, now, the first rumblings I heard that he was uh, a crisis actor, meaning that he's hired by the Soros or the Koch brothers or the Deep State or the Illuminati or the Wait, Banana uh, God or whatever the fuck. D- 
I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just to get specific, I, maybe you said this and I missed it, but this he was he went to the school in Florida, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he's he was a there. there. He's a current right. student. Yeah. Um, okay. The first rumblings I heard that he was a crisis actor, um, which if you listen to us, I'm assuming you know what a crisis actor is. You know, it's it. It's somebody who's those, paid by uh, a certain political organization in order to pose as an average citizen, right? Yeah, saying you know it's horrible. Take everybody's guns, you know. Yeah, basically, or whatever whatever agenda they're having pushed at that time. So the very first thing I saw was supposedly a picture of a yearbook from 2015 where he was a senior in California. Which would make it okay. unless he's the unless he's functionally retarded, almost impossible for him to still be a high school student in 2018. Mm-hmm. Did they show like a picture of it in the yearbook, or did they show a picture of him and say this is from the yearbook? A picture of him and a square of people around him, and okay. it was. Uh, I went to school with David Hogg in. Redondo Beach in 2015, and he it said he wanted to work for uh, CNN and be an actor when he grew up. This kid was not <laughs> at the shootings, um, and it had no had no name. Right, uh, no I wonder if this was the same. That. Yeah, uh, maybe this is the same kid because I remember reading a story about how one of the one of the kids who was supposedly a student at this school. Just happened to be on CNN like a couple years before, yeah. And so obviously is paid by CNN. <laughs> yeah, and 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 first of all, just to show you how you start off when you see shit like this, and you go, "Wait a minute, that doesn't really." Where's the proof? There's no proof that he's a senior. In fact, he's dressed in the picture like any under you know someone who's not a senior. Mm-hmm. Most senior pictures are you know professionally taken, or you dress up a little bit or right. something. This is literally in front of a fucking stock background, and he's wearing like a regular T-shirt. So the first thing I like did the, ne- dig- the neon laser beams behind him. Oh wait, well, yeah, yeah, fake yeah. news. Twenty fifteen <laughs> on his T-shirt kind of gave him away. So the first thing I did is I looked up where did this where did this picture originate, and it originated, as far as I can tell, from. Buckle up because here we're here's where it starts to get bumpy. Laguna Beach Antifa what? official account for Laguna Beach Antifa location Kranis Yarik, Russia. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, first of all, and by the way, their profile picture or their 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 cover photo is someone in Poop. a Poop pup a play shirt. a pup play. Uh, uh, BDSM uh, headgear collar next to an older Asian gentleman. <laughs> okay. Because apparently that's what's hot. Sounds Laguna legit. Beach Antifa, you know. <laughs> who, who, by the way, Laguna Beach Antifa are located in Russia, apparently. Right. So, okay. Right, so, right. so obviously I was like, okay, so that, uh, that, that stinks. So I started digging and someone goes, well, hey, here's a video of him on CNN from August 2017 talking about a school shooting and it was a screenshot of a YouTube page and you could clearly see it was the same guy and it, the the video yeah. said uh you know David Hogg blah 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 well I did a little bit more digging I didn't take that screenshot at, at face value so I went to YouTube oh. dug up that yeah, exact I, video 
Once again, none of this is hard, folks. This is this is this is just I'm bored, first, let me pass an hour. First of all, if you're sharing something that's on YouTube as a screenshot, that should send off alarms in your head right there. Oh, big because time. it's so easy to just link to the video. If yeah, the video yeah. supports your cause, then why not just link to it? Why send a, why grab take a screenshot and try and spread that around? So the video is t- was titled or is titled still up um, David Hogg interview confrontation at Redondo Beach and what it is is it's a CBS local affiliate in that area of California huh. from August of last year this this kid David Hogg and his friend were at a beach body surfing and a lifeguard approached him and started basically harassing him and. David whipped out his phone and caught the confrontation between his friend and the lifeguard, basically going back and forth. And he posted it online. It got a bunch of hits. It went viral. So the news media called and interviewed him about it. This interview has nothing to do with with a shooting, nothing right. to do with a school shooting, nothing to do with his anybody in his family. It's literally him, his friend, and a lifeguard who apparently had connections to the local fire department. So that probably means he's moonlighting as a lifeguard. So right there, boom, this video, I don't know what I was. this video was supposed to prove. So then uh, someone posted a video of him and his dad, who's an ex-FBI agent on CNN, and said, well, they never, they never mentioned the, the, the video or the interview he did in Redondo Beach. And on top of that, how could he be a student in Florida if he's in Redondo Beach in August of 2017? And do I even need to go down that road? What, because schools don't have summer vacation? Parents don't get divorced and move across the country? Because nobody from Florida has ever been to California. Exactly. You know? Uh, so, I mean, as you can Airplanes see... are a deep state plot. Yeah. <laughs> as, you, as you can see, everything's just unraveling. And... The only thing I will say for, that, that could fuel a conspiracy theorist, you know, belief is that his first interview on CNN with uh, Anderson Cooper, it's him and his dad, and he goes, "I'm not a crisis actor, whatever." But neither him nor his dad nor Anderson Cooper addressed the fact that he was interviewed by a local CBS affiliate in 2017, and to me, that's that's just short-sightedness of how the media and the internet works, especially on CNN's end. They should have known better. They should have addressed it. They should have shown the clip in its entirety and said, as you can see, this clip has nothing to do with school shootings. This clip is not like, you know, from, because originally another thing that was said was the clip was from five years or three years ago. It's not. It's from last summer. But, well, yeah, that's true. But there's an aspect of this where CNN doesn't really have... uh, anything to gain from trying to debunk every stupid piece of made-up information. And, you know, there well, was... when uh, him and his father are specifically on CNN to dispute the claim that he's a crisis actor, yeah, that's short-sighted yeah. on their part not to address it. No, that's absolutely right. I mean, if if that was their intention, then they should have brought every piece of ammo with them to prove their case. Absolutely. But once again, we're talking about a kid who just witnessed people getting killed in his school. Right. You're telling me this kid's 
operating at 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't, well, man. You know, uh, there was a, I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't, not a big CNN watcher, but I only saw the, uh, a clip of it that was going around Twitter. But there was a reporter from CNN who was going to the homes of people that, uh, that were spreading uh, misinformation online, that stuff that was known to have come from Russian agents. Right, these these people that all got indicted by um, Mueller over the last week, the the Russians that were uh, that were involved in setting up these fake accounts, like you were saying, the uh, uh, Redondo Beach uh, Antifa that was stationed <laughs> yes. that was stationed in Russia. It was shit like that, right? So they're able to trace back, like the like you were. Like most people who know how to operate the internet in some capable fashion, you can trace back where this information starts from. So he goes to uh, interview this woman at her house. She's standing in front of her house, this older woman, and he's asking her about, you know, what what's your opinion about the the Russians being involved in trying to sway our election? Oh, it's all bullshit. It's all fake news, she says. That's... The Russians in doing no. The Russians had nothing to do with it. That why would they even do that? And he's like, well, some of the information that you've passed around to your followers on Facebook originated from Russian sources. Russian sources. No, no, no. It didn't happen. No, it didn't. And he's like, well, yeah, it absolutely did. Like we traced it back. We looked at the stuff that you shared publicly on your Facebook page, and found stuff that we could directly connect to Russia's misinformation campaign. She just finally walked away from the guy. She wouldn't she wouldn't hear any of it. And this got posted as CNN harassing Trump voter and a lot of responses of this is CNN's horrible organization they would go and just harass this old woman. I mean, they were doing an interview with her. They didn't they didn't like pop out of the fucking bushes and try and catch you doing something. This wasn't a gotcha piece. It was, you know, let's talk to the people who are passing around this Russian Russian information and see if they even know that it's happening. But there's nothing that you could show that woman that could prove that anything about the Russians because it doesn't fit her narrative. It, absolutely, and that's that's what I was going to say because. One of the debate groups on Facebook I'm part of got into this big debate, and one of the moderators happens to live around the area of Florida where the shooting happened. And her take on it is, even though she's in her late 20s and works in the white-collar business world, no one seems to have known who this kid is, this David Hogg kid. Yeah. Well, well, why the fuck would people in their late 20s know who a teenager who goes to high school three towns right. over is? <laughs> right. <laughs> I uh, are you are you trolling the high school for for underage ass because that's the only reason I can imagine you would know him on a first name basis. So <laughs> now it's amazing because there's 71 responses. I posted the video that is that everybody's talking about about this him giving an interview in California about a school shooting that he was involved in. Uh-huh. That it's not about a school shooting, and I posted. This is the video of the interview David Hogg gave to a local news channel in Redondo Beach, California, August of last year. Hogg says he was visiting family, including his mother, who is a teacher in Torrance, California. 
video, and I said, the interview has nothing to do with any shooting. It's about him and a friend being harassed by a lifeguard. There's one response since I posted that. And this guy goes, see, this is making me, who doesn't believe the conspiracy, more interested in the conspiracy. Everybody else shut up, though. And what does this tell me? None of these people can be swayed by, by proof. None of these people are looking for proof unless it confirms their preconceived notions. Yeah, they want to hear it. And it goes back to what I said, you know, a month or so ago on this show. The guy at the party who's a pathological liar who tells everyone what they want to hear will have the whole party eaten out of the palm of his hand while the guy in the corner telling the truth be told to shut the fuck up and get out of here because you're, you're sucking the fun out of the place. And that's that, that, when it comes to this type of shit, that's what I feel like what America is. It's one big fucking high school party. And if you're not the pretty person oh, yeah. with the pearly white teeth telling everybody what they want to hear... If you're the if you're the if you're the greasy faced kid with the nicotine stained teeth in the corner telling the truth, well, it doesn't matter how many facts are on your side. You ain't pretty. You ain't got pearly white teeth, and you ain't the captain of the football team. And mm-hmm. on top of that, you ain't blowing smoke up my ass. So well, I have no. Yeah. That's what this podcast is. We're like three of those kids in the corner. Speaking of football, uh, that's a way that you can usually tell that somebody's argument isn't based on fact when the goalpost starts moving. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Chris, well, well, well. About that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry. every Tuesday and, for us. <laughs> and I mean, like, Trump's a perfect example of this. Like the whole the whole Russia thing to him was a complete hoax. They weren't even involved. Look, he he shook Putin's hand and asked him outright, did you try and meddle in our elections? And he said, no. You know, there's only so many times he can ask. Guy must be innocent. He said so. And that's like going, well, I asked him if he was fucking my wife. He said no. So, well, I believe him. Yes, yes. (laughs) So there's there is no Russian involvement in the elections at all, according to Trump. Until, what was it, 13 some odd people from Russia get charges filed uh, by the FBI against them for attempting to meddle in our election. So now it's kind of difficult to argue that the Russians weren't doing it. So, okay, the Russians were doing it, but it didn't make a difference anyway. And also, why didn't Obama do anything about it? Must be Obama's fault. This all started under him. And the oh, goalposts will just continue to move until he has no ground left to stand on. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm and just glad the time runs out. And it seems more like it's not going to be, uh, there's not going to be any charges fi- filed against Trump, it doesn't sound like. More than likely, he has shielded himself enough to, uh, to prevent him from being impeached. I think the the tactic here seems more to be let's get as many uh, charges as we can against Trump's family members and pressure him into quitting. Well, I mean, gotta go, go after, after Ivanka. Gotta yeah, go after the love of his life. Seems to be the only people that he might actually put before himself. At least his kids. Well, yeah, but think about Jared. Give a fuck about Jared. Jared married in. You can give a fuck about him. He ain't blood. He, he doesn't give a fuck about Jared, but he gives a fuck about his daughter. And his daughter is married to Jared. And whether he gives a fuck about Jared or not, I bet you if there was, if he had to leave the Trump legacy to someone, 
It's probably more likely to be Jared than any of his dumb fuck sons. What? Not, not I even think he Tiffany? Has, I, I think that, uh, no, that's the thing. Like, he's got, he's got idiot sons and girls. What's a man to do? He can't leave his, leave his business to any of them. I think he's happy to have Jared as part of the family. That's why he likes him so much. And he has, finally has somebody that, he, that can carry on the, the Trump name in some fashion, the business, and not run it into the ground. You know, it's interesting, too, because as far as Trump, uh, as far as Jared working in the White House and handling all this, uh, this classified information that he does as part of his job, uh, he still doesn't have a security clearance, as do many people that work in the White House. And uh, what was it? Uh, the chief of staff. Which general is the is the is chief of staff? Um, not McMaster. John Kelly. He put out a notice saying that as of well tomorrow, as we're recording this, as of the, this Friday, anybody who doesn't have a security clearance will not be able to handle top secret information. Which means there's going to be a lot of a lot of people either stepping down to significantly lower jobs or just leaving the White House completely because there's just no reason for them to try and do their job if they can't handle classified information. But it seems like there's going to be an exception made for Jared to continue to do his important international work, you know, of of peace in the Middle East, finally, because who better to do it than Jared? Quite the list. That he was right? handed, you know, last January. Yeah, that's right. He's been tasked with a lot. Some might say more than the president himself. This was like, uh, yeah, I, I, Jared is, uh, he's kind of like what, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Who was uh, Bush's vice president? I forgot the evil bastard's name. Darth Dick Vader. Cheney. Dick Cheney, yeah. Tell me why Dick Cheney underneath my bed. (laughs) It's a clutch reference for like all two people that listen to clutch in the audience. (laughs) Well, I I mean, mean, if if, if the plan is to fucking go after Trump's family to get him to put pressure on them and say, look, you know, it'd be a real damn shame if you persisted and, you know, staying in office and, and, and running for re-election if something happened to them. I mean, if that, if that gets them out, I, I, I'm uncomfortable with it, but I mean... Yeah, but this, I don't they, think this is uh, tactics that would be alien to the FBI. I don't think they're... Well, especially if you go back to the days of Ross Perot, that's, exa- that's, that's exactly what he said happened to his family. Yeah. He said, start fucking with his family. And basically said, yeah, it'd be a shame if, uh, you know, everybody started getting indicted around you. Right. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to drop out. And then he came back and said, guess what? This is what they said. And then by by that point, it was too late. Everyone was like, oh, you're the crazy old man, you know. So I, do I believe it's well, happened before? Of course. But once yeah. the, I mean, still, is it is it bending? Is it straddling the law? I don't know. Well, but if you... If you're following any of this at all, I mean, there's uh, somebody else got indicted. I have no idea who the fuck this person is. There's more indictments coming down on uh, on Gates and Manafort. Uh, 
nobody really has any fucking clue. As much as we've talked about what this investigation is about and all the stories that are coming out, everybody trying to figure out where it's going, nobody has a fucking clue. Whatever leaks that have come out of this investigation, I believe to be absolutely intentional leaks straight from Mueller himself. And everything else has been kept on lockdown. Nobody saw any of these indictments coming, and nobody ultimately knows where this investigation is going. Well, I mean, that's, it, it, isn't that the excitement of it a little bit at this point? <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to... I guess so. I don't mean to put it that way, but I, anytime you hear any news, it's almost like people who buy scratch-offs. You know, you get that first one, okay, that's an apple. Oh, that's another apple. If I get a third one, <gasps> and I got a pair. Fuck. You know, it's like we're waiting for that indictment to come down. Indictments? All right. Fire up Twitter. And it's someone I don't know who the fuck they are. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is like Rachel Maddow with the tax returns. <laughs> like, what was that? That was nothing. But, it, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. This is an investigation, and the investigation has to tell a story, right? If the story needs to be that, or if the story doesn't, I shouldn't say needs to be, if the story is that there is collusion between Trump and Russia, you first have to prove that Russia did something, right? And nobody expected uh, Russians to be the uh, amongst the first to get indicted, and certainly not in, in so many numbers, but it makes sense. Because you can't just say that Trump administration was colluding with Russia if you can't even prove that the Russians were meddling. So this, he seems to be a laying out a clear narrative, and hopefully that's a narrative that can actually get some traction amongst all the misinformation and speculation and wondering well, I mean, I, I I hope ultimately something more than just a bunch of no-name, low-level people end up... I mean, if there is fuckery afoot, that they end up answering for it. Because I, I just... I don't... We're dealing with people who have a lot of money. And as we all know, money buys justice. I mean, it's not justice, but... Yeah, it'll be well, it'll be hey, called justice. All uh, you know, ultimately, Paul Manafort had a lot of money, and he can afford really nice lawyers. But I mean, he did, he got hit with more charges today involve involving uh, tax evasion, because a lot of this money that he's getting is was coming from Russia. And if you're getting money under the table from Russia, you're not claiming it on your taxes. And well, I just also, I, you know, it may have nothing to do with collusion. Ultimately, too, it, it may be just all the money that Trump has gotten directly from Russia and not paid taxes on. And, but, it, and maybe that's the safer bet, right? Because I, I don't believe that he cares enough about his kids <laughs> to step down from the presidency. I do believe that he cares enough about his money. Well, that's a sad statement, if true. I mean, at least give enough, at least give the same amount of fuck about your money as you do your kids. Jesus, right. God. And I know I'm or, passing you know, judgment. I'm, I'm imagining something based on a character. I don't know this person. I don't know Trump's uh, intimate thoughts. But, come on. 
Tell me that that doesn't track. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, and that's the sad part. It does, but it it tracks with a lot more people than just Trump. That's the really sad part. I mean, I, it. I I just think that like okay, like, like the whole, you know, the the whole housing crisis and 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 the shit that that was surrounding that and. How many people ended up really paying a, a, a price by going to prison? A handful, and it was mostly people who had the balls to rob richer people than themselves. No one who fucking, right. hardly anyone who, who who fleeced the fucking working poor and and middle class into poverty and from middle class to working poor will ever see justice done. I mean, you know that they're well. They fell through the cracks. Sorry, and that's—I mean, it doesn't. Isn't that kind of what these things tell us when they happen on this level in our country? You can, you know, unless you are really stupid and get caught red-handed, you can rob working and poor people. Yeah, but well, yeah, you start fucking with rich people. Oh, there, the hammer! Justice is coming right for your ass. There is nothing new about the housing crisis other than the scale of it. That. You know, nearly took down our economy and, and by domino effect the other nations' economies. Because this was really about, like, this is the same thing that we were talking about before. Government regulates things, right? It regulates banks. And it says you have to give out reasonable loans if we're going to federally insure you. You just can't be giving out money to everyone. You have to operate within certain parameters. But did they ever really check up on it? And if they did, was it ever more than a slap on the hand that, and a, and a fine that was like a fraction of the profits made off of giving subpar loans out? And if you, pre-housing crisis, if you wanted a loan, you didn't really have to prove anything because they knew nobody's really going to check up on any of this. What do you make a year? Put a number down that seems good. Nobody's going to actually look into it. Nobody's going to... I mean, most other things, when I had to get a car loan, I had to show them a couple pay stubs so they knew that I could hold down a job and I was making enough to actually afford this. But you didn't have to do that to buy a house. I mean, th this started years ago when a friend of mine who bought a house tried to get me to go through uh, the same realtor and get the same deal that he got. And it was, you know, the shit that decades later I would see just completely unravel. And I'm glad I dodged that bullet because they didn't look, they didn't want any proof. I could have told them anything that they wanted. They weren't looking into anything. They just fill out this form with the answers that you think will make you uh, a good candidate for a loan and we'll give it to you. And then you'll pay for it just, for 15 years just, and have nothing off the, you'll be paying all interest and your rates will constantly shift and you'll probably end up bankrupt and lose the house. But what do we care? You know, we got our cut. We make money off of these transactions no matter what happens. Go belly up. We'll take the house. We'll still make money. And it's not that the government didn't have the regulations in place. It's that it was, wasn't deemed either important enough to actually check up on, or they were just paid enough by these big companies like Quicken to look the other way. Which, once again, money and politics. Two yeah. great tastes that taste great together. It, co it comes back to every conversation that has to come up, and I know that I, I'm usually responsible for driving in that direction, but I'll say it again. 
You can't have a conversation about any of these issues. You can't even just have a conversation about facts until you get the money out of the out of there. You're never going to be talking about facts. You're going to be talking about somebody's biased opinion based on on keeping their uh, their 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 money growing, their business growing, whatever it may be. Yeah, money and influence, same thing. It's the fact that money is considered influence, that we allow money to influence our politics. This is what's wrong. Well, I mean, I think I I could, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, there's there's more to it as far as moving parts and, and, and nonsense than just wh- which way the money's flowing. It was also the fact that it's just the fact that, that we wrap anything to do with finances, anything to do with law, in such uh, obtuse language and mm-hmm. terms to where it makes it seem to the average person who, if you walk out with a 12th grade education, it, it, it comes off as, oh, I can't, shit reads like stereo instructions. I can't fucking, de- I can't deal with this. This makes no fucking sense. And I mean, let's be honest. Well, the, 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 the public education that we get is in no hurry to actually educate us on what a lot of this, the, the, the shit that we're going to have to deal with as we venture out into the world. Right, right. It's going to present us. Just balance the checkbook. <laughs> yeah, well, it, they, they, there's, there's, no, there's no profit in it because yeah. we would see through the bullshit. I mean, I, no, you, it, the amount of people who just don't even fucking read anything, not just to fine print, anything they sign is amazing to me. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Rich, because it's, it's a, a deadly combination of the, of the banks being, uh, being culpable and the people who wanted to believe what the banks were telling them are just as culpable. If you're signing up for, you know, sometimes 30 years, 30 fucking years of payments on something, don't you want to know how those 30 years are going to play out? Or do you just no trust shit. that it's all going to work out? It- and the the one thing that I always hear that just bugs the shit out of me is, oh, it's too long, it's too small. I'm not. Am I expected to read all that? Fucking yeah! If you're signing up for something for thirty years, fuck yeah! Give me a magnifying glass. I'm gonna be here for a minute. Or how about this? If you have the money to buy a house, maybe you should hire an independent lawyer to look at the information who has nothing to do with the company you're dealing with, has no interest in bullshitting you to take a look at the paperwork if you can't figure out what the paperwork's saying. And it, But that goes back to what we've talked about multiple times over the four years we've been doing this show. I don't know has become a toxic phrase in, in our society. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like you know a sin to say, I don't know. But I, it's I also become acceptable, too. It's become an acceptable excuse. I don't well, know. It's, it, it becomes it it becomes a sin to say on the front end. It becomes an ex, an acceptable excuse on the back end, and that's 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 the right. amazing. Well, it's the amazing flexible bullet theory of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just I don't know any other way to put it. It's like how it's can quite we, utilitarian phrase. It, it, yeah. you don't know, but also you see other you see it working out for other people around you, right? It's like. Uh, I don't. I didn't read the whole user agreement when I signed, when I opened up my Apple account, right? But 
I see all these other people with iPhones and Apple devices and everything seems to be working out. I mean, maybe they slid something in there in 30 years. I have to give my firstborn child over that over to them, but we won't know for a while. So it, so it's difficult to, if you were seeing people immediately going to bankruptcy, immediately losing their homes, then there probably would be a lot more people going, I'm going to really read this thoroughly or actually have a lawyer look it over and tell me what it looks like. Well, there's also the fear of being took is enough to paralyze people into making bad decisions because, and, and, and I've, I've had this happen to me. This is one of the hardest lessons I ever had to learn as a younger, younger adult was I was always afraid that if I went to someone and said, look, man, I really don't understand this language. Could you explain it to me or could you take a look for me and, and walk me through it? That they would just go, oh, you just admitted you don't understand it? Well, I can tell you anything I want now. And so I just sat there and a lot of times just nodded and acted like I knew what the person was talking about who was was having me sign the paper, which is the worst thing you can do, and was like, hmm, yeah, mm, sounds good to me. Let me sign that. Next thing you know, what, what's this collection agency coming after me for? Wait a minute. Yeah. You know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know about all this different shit. Just like you said, Chris, I didn't know. And but you know what I was told 25 years ago? That's not our problem. That that is not our problem. That signature implies that you said you knew. Exactly. You know, and yeah, there's 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 certain times you you're going to get you're going to get railroaded. You're going to get stuck in something. It's going to be a bad business transaction. It's going to happen. The difference is is that it seems like you, the unintelligent person would learn from it and move forward and strive not to make the same mistake. And once again, it's like the shame of you getting caught. You don't, you don't go to your friends and go, Hey, have you ever got burned like this? Cause you don't want to admit that you got burned. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, right. It's funny that so many people were willing to, you know, get these loans that would end up just, financially destroying them when it, you know if it was if it's too good to be true is that's usually a, a signal right that maybe it's not as good as you thought yeah weren't we all told this, that this as kids? person right like if somebody calls you and says uh hey is this is this aaron blah 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 well uh you want a free tv all you got to do is give us your uh, you know bank account information, <laughs> and we'll wire you some sort of certificate. You know, like- <laughs> no, I, I, yes, I know what you're saying. The best one was a buddy of mine who I think after the age of 25, unless he was in jail serving time for the warrants that they caught him for, he always had warrants out for his arrest. Yeah, and he got a call that, hey, you've won a free vacation. You need to show up at this public uh, place at this time, and 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 you'll there'll be a presentation, and at the end you'll get your free vacation. And he walked in, and there was a bunch of sketchy-looking motherfuckers just like him, <laughs> with face tattoos and neck tattoos, sitting around going, "Hey, we all want a vacation." And then all of a sudden, a bunch of sheriff's deputies walked in, and said, "Yeah, you did. Hope you like prison food and penis." 
follow me. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was, and he's like, how did I get caught up in that? And I'm like, because you got a face tattoo. You understand? <laughs> you thought that was a good idea, which led to thinking that to this was a good yeah. idea. What was it, what was Adam Carolla's <laughs> one about rounding up, uh, rounding up people? Fight for, free cockfights for Raiders fans, and then you just start arresting all the deadbeat dads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that story. When I heard that, I was like, "Wow, I have I have no idea what to tell you, man." I mean, I'd have walked in. I'd have walked, I, I'm like, haven't you seen To Catch a Predator? I mean, it's it's that's it, it, and he's like, oh, that's entrapment. Oh, oh, okay, go argue that to the judge. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll take pity yeah. on you. I mean, it's right. Okay, so but this was specifically rounding up people that had warrants, people that they would like to incarcerate already, but. Do you feel like that's that should be legal activity for the police in general? I don't know, man. It, what, a warrant for what? If we're talking a warrant because well, no, but drug possession. This, this or is if a we're concept. talking a warrant for rape, murder. I mean, yeah, I, okay. I mean, if you if you jump if you jump bail, they send bounty hunters for you. Those people are one step removed, barely a full step removed away from being criminals themselves. Right. But if we were to look at this with the idea that uh, this is a tool in the police's arsenal and they, you know, like any other tool, they can use it for whatever end they want to meet. Today, it's trying to round up a bunch of people who are deadbeat dads or or, or, uh, have warrants out for their arrest. Tomorrow, maybe it's somebody else that affects, or maybe it's you, for some other reason. I guess it uh, all depends. I'll, I'll do it. Do, I'll play the do we like? Do card. we like? Do we like having this as a tool? Do we like the police having this as a tool in their arsenal, or should being straightforward with people be enough of a tool? So I'll play the to what end card. I mean, if you stop this, do you stop prostitution rings? Do you stop drug stings? I mean, do you? Where do you where do you stop if you stop this kind of stuff? What do you mean, like? Do you stop undercover operations? I mean, I'm not sure what you mean by stopping. A, you're talking about. We're saying, do you do, do you think the police should have this tool in their arsenal? I mean, if we take, if we okay, if we take this tool away, okay, I mean, so where do we stop? Do we take away okay. undercover stings? Like I, I take, your, like I take your point. Yeah, right. You're saying that being undercover is lying in and, in and of itself. And if we're just trying to break this down as do we want cops to lie to us? No. Well, then they wouldn't be able to do many other things that involve them, you know, busting up a lot of organized crime yes. and, and other things. Yeah, that, that's that's a very good point. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of posed it as an interesting question i wasn't sure where i landed on it like it, i mean i guess if they've if they've already been convicted of a crime and they're on you know they're in the wind they're just well, right, out but there that's different that's like, one thing i guess every time that i when i look at the behavior of law enforcement i i like to just think about it critically and and wonder about how their actions might apply to somebody who I thought was innocent. And uh, I don't know. 
I mean, okay, I, the way I have to I have to go with my experience with it. My experience with it through friends who've worked in strip clubs, be it DJs, bouncers, dancers, whatever, is that at least in Detroit, you have Vice. Vice walks in, they're dressed in street clothes. They walk in, they buy a couple drinks, they catch the eye of a dancer, they go up in the VIP, they have a sex act performed on them, then they pull out their badge and they fucking bust them. And up until in the last, I believe it's two years, it was legal for them to go through with the sex act and then bust the, the, the dancer for, for performing it, which is like... Right. That's a win-win for that officer. Okay, now you if that is the if that is the standard they're held at, how do you expect that not to get fucking? And let me tell you something. A lot of dancers. I mean, it would be it would be okay. Look, well, you know, hey, uh, you know, you're pretty good, and you you know, you gave me a bareback blowjob, and you you swallowed down what I gave you to swallow. So I'm going to give you a simulated sex act ticket. You won't lose your dance card, but you got to go pay a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. You got to go down to to to, to Bobby and. And you know, do the walk of shame and 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 get in front of a judge and and plead you know guilty to a simulated sex act. And it's like, okay, so what came of that? The city of Detroit got some money and a cop got to fucking Bingo. shoot the load down a fucking chick's throat. Okay, yeah. see the the officer got to came, come. But I mean, it's the same yeah. thing. I feel I feel fucked up about fucking. <laughs> drug buys, drug buys, and and bust. I mean, if if you're posing as a drug dealer and someone walks up and goes, "Hey, what do you got?" and they hand you their money and then you fucking throw the bracelets on them, it's like, um, what? Who was that person hurting besides themselves by buying them them drugs? And why are you out here acting like you have something to sell when you don't? Is is that really something that we like? Do we really need to lock up dr- drug users? Now, people say, what about drug dealers? Okay, but how many times are you going to really fucking get a drug kingpin going down to seven mile in Shiawassee and buying a couple fucking, you know, caps off the guy on the corner? What are you going to get? Okay, you're going to get him, and he's going to what? Roll over on the guy who he gets his shit from? You're not even two steps up the ladder, let alone near the top of the fucking heap. But it, it, it keeps money rolling into the city, now doesn't it? It keeps those cops with a job to do. But it's this idea that drugs create crime, right? The, the culture of, of importing and, or whatever, cultivating and selling to people, it, that crime just grows around it. When it's the fact that the drugs are illegal, that they are associated with crime, right? A pot dealer, especially, is just a guy who likes to smoke pot and has a connection and knows a bunch of people who also smoke pot and want to buy it, right? Now, that pot dealer's business gets big enough, he might get to the point where, okay, now I want to have a gun because I've always got cash on me, or I've got to have some people protecting me. Maybe it's operating in in conjunction with a a gang of some sort to have uh, protection because you don't have the law to protect you in this case because you're operating illegally. But none of this is out of desire. The guy who, like, just has a life of crime who is going to be a bad seed no matter what probably isn't looking to sell drugs. It's more a necessity that comes with the business if you've chosen to, to sell drugs illegally, right? If 
if it just went, if marijuana was just na- nationwide legal, there wouldn't be any crime around it. Well, it's also, I mean, I've, <laughs> or, I've or had no, friends who, no more than like you know a liquor store getting held up for some some liquor. You well, know? I've you know I've had friends who cash. when they when they buy weed. They go to their buddy's house. They they knock on the door. They get let in. They sit down. You know, the buddy weighs out the bag. Hey, you want to smoke? Yep. They match. They smoke. They get up and they and they, they grab their bag and they leave. Match the dealer. All right. I'm just saying. I said, <laughs> my my point is. Uh, uh, sorry, you got bougie ass, or, or you're too bougie to smoke with a dealer and match. But my point is, is that yeah, I'm like, all right, whatever. We're, now, when they're like, oh, hey, we're going to roll to uh, DaCosta over in fucking in Brightmore and meet my boy who's going to be on a bike at the corner of this street and this street. I'm like, no, we ain't doing shit. You go ahead and do that shit because are you stupid? That's look, You are looking to get popped if you're doing something that dumb. Seriously. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, there's when I lived downtown, I found it, uh, somebody hooked me up on a, with the connection well, it wasn't so much as a connection as it was, here's the street to drive down on the east side. And it, you being you, all you have to do is drive under 20 miles an hour and look white. And somebody's going to come up and sell you something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody told me and about that when I was 19. It blew my mind. I'm like, drive through Like McDonald's? What? We would, we would hit it up fairly regular. It wasn't our regular source but when you couldn't get a bag when you wanted to and you just needed a dime or maybe you're already out on the town you're like oh shit you know we ran out of out of smoke swing by the spot yeah and if you swing by too much you get robbed (laughs) putting that out there yeah you know i don't know like i i I know know a lot of experience once personally and once from a friend of mine (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm sure it happens. I'm, I'm absolutely sure it happens. But um, yeah, I don't know. They got a business. I don't think it's the the guys dealing drugs that are robbing. It's somebody else rolling up, taking advantage of the situation. But who knows? I'm supposing. So, where to now? Uh, do we want to talk about... Um, first of all, well, I mean, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Anybody surprised by how well Black Panther did? Uh, I don't know. I guess I would have whether I knew it was going to be a big movie. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. So I don't know if personally I would think that it's worth the hype. All the other bullshit aside, it sounds like that a good product was made. So thus, word of mouth was good. All the other horseshit that's come along with it. I mean, good. just the old adage of make a good product, people will want to see it. Yeah. I, I guess the question remains, though, and only time will tell, whether this makes a, any difference in what we see from future movies, period, not just superhero movies. You know, it, if, this, if this was just the right combination of, of things that that struck this well, or if this means that Hollywood studios are actually willing to put more money into productions that have almost entirely black casts. Because 
money makes all the difference when you're talking about not even just movies of these of this type of caliber but you know let's face it there's plenty of movies out there with big black with big black casts <laughs> uh with you know with predominantly black casts but they're made for what is seen as a niche market and they're made on the cheap and it shows they're not quality movies and they don't cross over because they are just not quality movies well, I mean, I you know, I I didn't necessarily to me the you know the, it's a predominantly black cast, predominantly black crew, black director, screenwriter. To me, that you know that's, I mean, I guess if you want to take pride in that and you had nothing to do with the movie just because they happen to be the same skin tone as you, you're free to be as much of an idiot as any white person who's proud about an accomplishment another white person did that had nothing to do with them. My thing is the small but vocal never satisfied group that is like oh marvel fucked this up and i was expecting it from the right and i'm shocked that it's coming from the far left and the way they're saying marvel fucked this up is that there's no lgbtq aeiou sometimes why people in it and i'm just left scratching my head going really so is every fucking movie we ever watch from here on out have right. to be inclusive to every single fucking That's that's niche. the problem. Well, dude, like, Hollywood, does, Hollywood like doesn't make enough movies about gay people. That's the problem. You must well, be like a fucking idiot. You saw with the Grammys. With what was it, Song of the Year? It was like eight black dudes and, Lord, or, and what's her name, Lord. And, you know, there ends up being yeah. backlash for Grammys so male. Like, well, have it's you never seen enough sometimes with people. <laughs> Right, it's like having an all-star basketball game. You're like, it's all black dudes out there. <laughs> Surprisingly. Like, no shit. We, we <laughs> talked about that on Sporgy. <laughs> like, haven't you watched any of the games running up, leading up to this? Yeah, that, I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, seriously, did it, 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 if you went to, an all, to the NHL all-star game and there was nothing but black guys on the ice, wouldn't you be like, is this is this like I'm an leaving. inner city? No, wait, I'm staying because I'm about to see a whole new level of hockey. Quite honestly, but <laughs> but I mean, wouldn't you be like, wait a minute? They're like what? spinning the puck on the stick. This is well, the white NHL dudes can never do that. Game? <laughs> I mean, it's just I. I it, it goes back to like I said that opinion piece I read, and it, it it rang so true with me. It's like is is nothing ever good enough and this was what it was in reference to was the whole the whole very it's a very small minority but it is a vocal minority and they happen hey. to constantly be on social media and you know it's it's the where's all the where's all the lgbtq a plus i i, I and i'm not even joking at this point I, there's so many letters and numbers and symbols been added on there i can't even keep up but and I just, I, I'm just scratching my head going, I don't understand that. I don't need to watch a movie that represents exactly me at all times. Hey, can I notice a piece of hypocrisy that I've seen out of the, 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 the SJWs with this whole Black Panther phenomenon? Hear me out, guys. If a white guy came out with a comic book about an African superhero and a made-up fake African country in 2018, what the? F what do you think would happen? 
happen? Nothing. Did cultural appropriation would come no. out. Be thrown at this guy. I mean, I think if you had, if you had a white, I mean, for, well, well here's, a, keep again, this in yeah, mind. I'd say for yeah, this a, is a difference. Very small but vocal group. It's, it's, it's the same people that say hoop earrings is cultural appropriation. Apparently, that's been amended to, 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 and I didn't know this, apparently any piercing is now cultural appropriation. And I don't know who supposedly started piercing, so I don't know whose culture that everybody's appropriating that's pierced. Yeah. But it's somebody's. There's a difference, though. You know, look, I follow a lot of what goes on in comic books currently, and there's certainly a lot of, like, you know, there's not enough representation of this or that in in whatever comic book it is that I, that that person wants to read but it it depends on if there's a pattern like if you had a white guy creating a world of black people for his comic book you probably wouldn't have an issue you probably have a white artist working on that and not have an issue if you have everybody the editor everybody working at you know, because a lot of a lot of uh, work goes into a comic book besides just the two main creators. If everybody was white that was involved in that, you might have an issue then. I, I just, I, I mean, mean, I guess my thing is uh, Stan Lee's a sacred cow, so good for him. But it just, it it seems like if it, it uh, Stan Lee only put words into his mouth. Jack Kirby created Black Panther and Wakanda, but you know. The thing is, at the time, who else was going to fucking make comic books about black people? Because there weren't any black people working in comic books. Well, I, I, I guess, I guess my question about bringing this up is, what is the ultimate end game here? Is the end game in the people who are never satisfied's mind that unless you are part of the group you are writing about, you can't write about them? Because if that's the case. If you think gay people, transsexual people, gender fluid, whatever the fuck people are underrepresented now, if we go by the percentage of people in the world who fall into those categories are the only ones allowed to write about people like that, yeah, they're really going to be underrepresented. Hate to break it to you. There's only like, I, I, what was it? Five million Americans at work in the in the in the movie industry. I'm, I'm talking about the legit movie industry, not adult movies right. or you know okay. <laughs> anything like that. You know, or the 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 indie 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 movie industry. Yeah. And it's like you know, there's there's a finite number of jobs, and not everyone is going to go. Oh well, I'm a straight white woman, so all I can write about. And the only characters I can write about are straight white women. And why would you want that? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hey, make any sense. It used to be write what you know was good advice for a writer. And now it's pretty much a commandment. Like, write what you know because we're going to skewer you if you try and write from somebody else's perspective. You know, and I, I, I swear this is not coming from a, you know, this is retarded, dumb, whatever point of view. It's it's coming from a... I, okay, I'm trying my best to be as neutral in the situation as I absolutely can. What is the end game? Because as it seems right now, 
there isn't one, or the end game is we just constantly want to bitch. Nothing's ever going to be good enough. And that goes back to that opinion piece I read that said, it's not that millennials are entitled. entitled. It's not that they're fucking self-centered. Some of them might be. A lot of them might be. They're just so fucking exhausting. You know, it's the girlfriend who nothing's ever good enough. If you take her out to eat or if you bring her flowers for no good reason besides just to show that she loves you love her, it's not the right kind of flowers. You didn't take me to the right restaurant. You ordered red wine. I wanted white wine. And it's like, oh, my God, I, I can't win. You cannot win. And if that is the end result of this, then I think the, the, the backlash you're starting to see, and maybe it's just the corners of, of, of podcasting and the people I deal with, but there are people who are firmly entrenched in the LGBT community who are self-proclaimed social justice warriors who are getting sick of it themselves at this point. Yeah. Like case in point, I was at work and someone said, hell, have you seen Black Panther yet? And I said, no, but from what I'm hearing, it's the best movie ever. But I mean, I heard that about Avatar and uh, The Dark Knight Rises. And, and I just I went down the list and I was like, and to be honest with you, I went and saw them and I said, I can think of 10 movies off the top of my head that are better than all of these. But... And this was from a self-styled SJW. They said, well, yeah, but you know that you can criticize those movies. But if you criticize Black Panther, you're going to have people that automatically go, well, you're only criticizing it because you're racist. Well, like, you know, you, you couldn't say Wonder Woman was a shitty movie last year either. You were sexist. Same crowd. But, I mean, that also goes back to what we talked about on Sporgy. I'm to the point, and this is just me personally, I don't really give a fuck how other people feel. I just feel this way. The minute I hear someone throw out the word racist, I'm like, okay, so you're that's all you got at this point. Especially if they throw it out with no proof besides you, you're talking about race, and I don't approve of you talking about race. That's not not even necessarily saying racist things. So I did these. I okay, fine, whatever. We're all dirty, filthy racists. Now, can we have a conversation about why this movie is not the best movie ever? And, it, and if, it'll, if it'll make you feel happy, I'll check my privilege, and I'll check Orson Welles' privilege and tell you why Citizen Kane ain't the best movie ever, ever, soon as we're done with Black Panther. I mean, it's just, I, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's exasperating. That it's like conversation, not debate, not arguments. Not ideological differences. Just conversation is now being... <sighs> the people want to regulate it. And yes, few people, but it doesn't matter because they're very vocal. And most of us are like, I got bills to pay. I ain't got time to worry about this shit. But I'm starting to see it seep into just everyday conversations I have. I mean, to where even if you joke about something, you get the hairy eyeball. You know? I mean, I... I I backed into a sink the other day, and it poked me in the ass at work. And I turned around, and I said, oh, yeah, me too on that sink. Time's up on you, sink. And, you know, everybody laughed. And one person's like, I don't really think that's funny. That's making fun of people who've been blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. Seriously. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to fucking out the sink to CNN? Do you think I really think I was sexually assaulted? No. Come on now. Use your brain. That's why... I was looking so forward to seeing the the new Chris Rock special because, I mean, part of me because I it's been a long time, and I've always really enjoyed his stand up. But also because I'm like, I I wonder what the reaction is going to be 
first of all, whether he's going to change anything about his act or pull any punches in any way because he doesn't want to deal with the backlash. And I think it's safe to say that he didn't. Oh, no. My favorite part was the high school orientation. He led with, I want to see more white people getting shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, but, you know, also I didn't see a lot of... uh, a lot of backlash against him either. I think there is just, well, that that's Chris Rock, and that's that's what he's always he he's not saying anything vastly different from from what he said in the past. No, yeah. I don't think I don't think that the current environment that you know you hear a lot of comedians talk about about how you can't do certain jokes anymore. I mean that that was a pretty mixed crowd that it looked like he was uh playing to and there was not a lot of like groaning even even it, he wasn't even getting the types of reaction that Bill Maher gets at his show and he does that like every fucking week for the last two decades yeah but you also notice one difference is that Chris Rock about 5 years ago I want to say maybe 4 years ago he gave an interview to Rolling Stone and they asked him about why he doesn't play colleges anymore. And he says, because it's impossible for a comedian like me to play colleges. So right. now I just play smaller theaters. And if you look at that venue he played, it is nowhere near the size of even Bring sure. the Pain or Kill the Messenger. And it was... I, I, man, I feel like I could shit on anything. It's like my superpower. It's also in Brooklyn. So as a home team... Like he could, yeah. he could have said anything in that room and got right. a laugh. Well, okay. you know what killed me the most was when the National Review we gave a review of his stand-up. They praised him, and the National Review is like these were the people that were bitching about Chris Rock type stand-up twenty years ago, and they're praising him because you know he's speaking truth to weakness. And, you know, the world is harsh, so expect no favors from it. And he basically tells, you know, comes out and says it. Same thing with, you know, only women, dogs, and children are loved unconditionally. A man has to provide something or he ain't worth shit. And and, and instead of taking that into like a, well, that's kind of a way that men are objectified in society and... Looking at it that way, they said, yeah, that's exactly what a man's supposed to do. He's supposed to be the provider. So they're arguing for him coming from the opposite direction they used to attack him from. Or, Which, I mean, it's the thing about uh, the orientation at school. That was Basically, my favorite part, man. But his main point there was that bullies do half the work mm-hmm. Yes, at school. I love what he talked about. Can you imagine not being 30 till you find out people ain't shit? Like, that's a lesson you got to find out early. <laughs> Nobody out there likes you, and some people in the house, a little on the fence. Yeah, that was my, <laughs> dude. That was my to me. That, that to me, what was great about that part is I was like, to me, that, that was great to see that that is a mindset that transcends race. That there are black dudes out there thinking the same thing that white guys our age are thinking. But well, now, you know I, what I was I thinking to, I, about during that, though, is, uh, and as a, a, a Adam Carolla fan, Chris, you know, 
he talks a lot about how he doesn't like the message that, like, for example, the police are out to get black people, right? He doesn't think any any good can come of uh, of being told that people are out to get you. And maybe that's not what Chris Rock was saying exactly. He was saying more, it's not that they're out to get you, they just don't give a fuck about you. But it's kind of the same thing. Like, if they don't give a fuck about you, then they're willing to fuck you over. Hey, hey, don't get me wrong. When he was railing on white people for a couple of minutes, I was going, uh, white people paid for your big-ass house you're living in. <laughs> right. Like, you might want to go easy on, on uh, railing on white. Maybe not open with railing on whitey. Maybe maybe bury it in the middle of the act. I, yeah, you but know, that's, always, that's always been a, a part of his shtick, is, and not necessarily is to go as hard as he went on that. But to point out the differences and to point out the, if you came at the issue of race from the other direction, but with the same tactics that he feels white people come at race, people would be like, what the fuck? How dare he say that? And he's like, exactly. You get it now. I mean, that's the whole point of satire is making fun of something and pointing out the absurdity of it, isn't it? True. I mean, do do either of you really think he wants a bunch of dead white kids and a bunch of crying white mamas on TV? I don't think he wants anybody's crying mamas or anybody. Well, I mean, I don't know, some children. But that's a different discussion. (laughs) But, you know, it's just I, I didn't I haven't seen it all. And I feel like I've only missed a few parts here and there. But I have to ask, because I did see some bootleg stand-up of, of him while he was working out this special. Did he do the, the bit where he goes, if you're pretty, you know it almost instantly in life. But if you're ugly, you got to find that shit out for yourself? No. No. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, that was one of the, his bits that, that I saw. Like you know, someone had taken a cell phone camera, him and some small comedy club doing it. And I was like... Yeah, and that takes balls to say these days because we lie to children all the time. Oh, honey, you're beautiful. You can grow up and be anything you want to be. No, you can't. Not really. Some kids can. Rest of them, what do you say? Better learn to weld. I mean, yeah, he said, you can be anything you want. Uh, maybe like four of you. Right. The rest of you can be something that you're good at if they're hiring. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Uber drivers in this room, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and, you and know, first thing I thought of was like, eh, autonomous car. They're in high school now, maybe, maybe not. With well, Uber driver. Well, one of the right. things I'm shocked that he hasn't he hasn't gotten taken to fucking task for yet is, and he's never really pulled any punches in the relationship department. But I mean, it's just. It's it's blasphemy to to speak truth anymore when it comes to relationships, especially from a man's point of view. You have to kowtow to the to the woman's point of view constantly, and you better put your tongue firmly in your cheek if you say anything, even remotely taken the male side. And he didn't do it, and I'm like, you know what? Good because we we're hearing way too much from one side about how they feel and the reality of it is and he broke it down you meet you meet a woman you tell your boys hey i met a woman what do they say is she hot what she look like 
Girl meets a guy, met a guy. What's he do? Exactly. What can you do for them? That's exactly how way too many people look at men in relationships. And yeah, he I'm said, I've never I'm, heard of a relationship that said, after he got laid off, we got so much stronger. It's, it, it's the truth. And it's funny because, well, when telling the truth has become akin to, to you know, blasphemy. Blasphemy is funny if it's done properly. I mean, and, and I, I'm just sitting there nodding going, you know, I'm chuckling to myself going, I, I remember when he took Patrice O'Neill to, to, to task for his Patrice O'Neill's take on relationships. Here it is seven years after Patrice O'Neill's dead and in his grave, and he's basically fucking biting his whole fucking shtick. So, I mean, ultimately, yeah, there's there's a lot of truth to be found in, in them jokes. And I, 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 I know exactly where he's coming from. When he said, you know, dogs, children, and women can be loved unconditionally, but not a man, I was like, yep, yep, been there. Because I've been, I've been in a relationship with a woman who looked me dead in my face and lied to me and said, no, honey, no, I don't care what you make as long as you're happy. Yet when it came time for us to break up, she didn't leave me for someone who did the same job or made less than me. And she damn sure didn't pack up her shit and leave until she knew that he was going to take care of her ass. But, you know. Right. Well, there you go. I knew that there would be some backlash against the things that he was saying. Just because people will take anything out of context anyway. But, I, I mean, I didn't see a lot of it. And just doing a uh, a search of Chris Rock on Twitter, you know, the, the top hits are definitely people calling him out for you know, saying that he wished that an equal amount of white kids would get shot as black kids. Obviously a joke. I don't believe that Chris Rock wants to see any kids get shot. But even uh, the InfoWars, uh, InfoWars put a clip of that on their site and says, you know, with the headline, Chris Rock hopes more white kids are killed. Three, over the course of three days, only just over 500 likes and 500 re- retweets. That's nothing. Is it, is it just because, like, oh, that's Chris Rock. What are you going to do? Like, if Chris Rock came out of nowhere, if nobody had ever heard of this guy... He was an up-and-coming comedian, and this was his first Netflix special. Oh, God. Would it have gone down the same way, or would this guy have to leave town and never have a career again? No, he would have a career, but it would be it would be so tiny compared to what his, his career... If he was starting out now, his career trajectory would be nowhere... It, it would have peaked nowhere near where it did when he was at his peak. There's no HBO show. There's no fucking... There, he he's not releasing you know comedy albums and making videos with 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 the same director that did Puffy's videos and shit. No 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 no, not these days. Because you can't you you can't do it. You can't be honest. Yeah. You know, going back to what Patrice O'Neill said a decade ago, women are allowed to say whatever they want about relationships and men, and we all have to nod and clap. And kowtow to their egos. And if a man stands up and says what he wants about relationships and women, that's misogyny. So shout him down, sick the National Organization of Women on him, and shame him until he shuts up. And it's very rare air type of guy who's going to go, I'm going to fuck with these bitches, Shay. 
and and that's one of the things that, about Patrice O'Neill. And if Chris Rock's going down that road, I'll give it to him. To a lesser extent, I got to give it to him already. These motherfuckers got PhDs in bitchology. Don't come at you. You could be a fucking Playboy playmate. You could be a crack whore. They're not going to give you an inch to start your bullshit. They're going to call you on it right to your face. Now, Chris Rock tends to give you a little bit more ha-ha for your buck. But ultimately, they're pretty much saying the same thing. And, yeah, I'm sorry. Everybody needs the piss taken out of them every once in a while. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's Bill Burr does it. And I don't know how Bill Burr gets away with it. Just He must fly just barely under the Black radar. wife. Yeah. Is that it? I keep forgetting he does have a black wife, doesn't he? Like Bill, black but, but I mean, down. he's he's made. <laughs> he's got his ghetto pass as long as hey. that marriage certificate's there, huh? <laughs> let's not let's not forget that ten years ago, Chris Rock had the solution for the uh, uh, for gun control in this country. Don't need gun control. Bullet make every control. Bu- <laughs> right. You make you make each bullet cost a million dollars. They they dumped half like a got, million dollars in that motherfucker. I, they hate his ass. <laughs> I'm so mad at you right now. It's a good thing I got three or four more payments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're done with layaway. I'm fucking you up though. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, hey, once again, what happened? Now he made a joke about it ten years ago. But when Obama got elected, especially after the 2012 election, what happened? In the gun circles, all you kept hearing about was supposedly government agencies buying up ammo and an ammo shortage. One of one of the customers for the, for a job I worked back then was a local shooting range, and they had a sign that limited target ammo to two boxes per visit. Whereas when I when I used to own a, a handgun, if if I said I wanted a hundred boxes, if I had the money to put up there, they'd sell me a hundred fucking boxes. They didn't give a shit. So, I mean, once again, the best comedians are like witch doctors and prophets all rolled into one. They, they, they take the sickness of our society, shove it in our face and say, are you comfortable with your hypocrisy? Because you wallow in it like you are. And at the same time, they're prophets because they're the last people who can get up there and tell the truth as long as they make you laugh about it. And that's what that's all. It's kind of why I've been. I, you know, the last five years, I'm like, is there any place for a guy like Chris Rock, like Dave Chappelle? Someone as inoffensive as Jerry Seinfeld refuses to play colleges because of the feet, the, the backlash he gets. Jerry fucking guy, Seinfeld. Yeah. That guy works clean, won't play colleges. It's like saying Dave Coulier <laughs> won't play a fucking college. Cut uh, it yeah. out. I have to share this real quick. Somebody tweets, who's a better comedian? Retweet for Kevin Hart, like for Chris Rock. Really? Why? Why? Because they're both black? Like, Kevin Hart's not fucking funny at all. He's just loud and silly. He doesn't have jokes. Yeah, he's not funny. (laughs) He's amusing in the white movies I've seen him in. Chris Rock got a thousand likes. Like him in Soul Plane. Kevin Hart got 283 retweets. So, Chris Rock is therefore. Four times as funny as Kevin Hart. Dude, that's like not even the same class of comedian, man. That ain't even no, fair. Yeah. No, that was another thing because that was a solid, what, hour and 20 minutes? That's like going, hey, do you like Richard Pryor or Sinbad? Who's the better stand-up? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and, you know, 
that shit flowed so well. There's not a lot of comedians that I like even anymore that I'll sit down and watch straight a whole hour and 20 minute set. Usually they kind of crap out after an hour. And yeah. and very few of them are as cohesive as his set was. No, and I... Man, you got, I if you, no, go ahead, Rich. I was just going to say, I could easily put him up there with the likes of... I mean, and I'm talking at their peak, at the peak of their, their, their powers as comedians. Put him up there with Pryor, Carlin, Hicks, yeah. Eddie Murphy... Yeah. I was just saying, I mean, if he, he's been doing this since he was 18. He's been doing this for well into 30 years. I mean, he's just, at this point, it's just being good at his craft. Yeah, because oh. if you go back, when I had XM Radio, I'd listen to the comedy channel, and they had some stuff when he was like 16, 17. And you could hear the comedian that he was chipping away the excess bullshit to become. But he was nowhere near as funny. His delivery was, like you said, just not as smooth whatsoever. I mean, it's like listening to someone that just learned to scale. Listen to them learn how, or learn, who just learned to scale how to solo versus someone who's been doing it for, you know, two thirds of their life. Yeah. One person is going to be stiff and everything else and the other one is going to be slick and it's going to be so so slick you're not even going to notice the slickness unless you're looking for it which by the way one more one more thing when he's when he's railing on white people the other thought that i had was like hey come see my next movie with me and nine of my white friends (laughs) (laughs) well you know kind of i i Hey, have you guys heard the story about what's going on with Gibson guitars? Um, not sure. What What are we talking about? It's Chris uh, Rock buying them? No, apparently they're on the. Well, it, it reminded the Chris Rock. I was talking about Chris Rock and how he might he very well may be on the tail end of a breed of comic we won't see for a long time to come. Reminded me of what's going on with Gibson. Gibson is apparently very close, if not. In the process of filing for bankruptcy, really? Oh, what to am I going to play? Well, I don't play anymore. Fenders. But <laughs> but but I mean, it's, it's it's to the point where if they sell, they're going to get sold to some other guitar company. I can't imagine it being Fender because Fender is already having their own issues. Um, and at that point, I mean, they're going to cut the fat. So Epiphone, bye bye. I can imagine that happening. And no. I can imagine a lot of a lot of the middle, mid, the mid-priced Gibsons going away because they're just going to go. Well, fuck it. Let's make the affordable ones and let's make the crazy six thousand dollar reissues that well, lawyers yeah. and, and, and doctors will buy. They go DJs. You, know. you won. And Hope it, you're happy. That's, ex- that's exactly what it's being attributed to. Is you've had in the last couple weeks a lot of rock, quote unquote, rock acts, modern rock acts, come out and say that the guitar is now dead. I, chief among them being Muse, who if I am, don't know a whole lot about Muse, but aren't they just a three piece? I mean, that's a power trio, right? So that's saying quite a bit when they're saying that 
one of three of their instruments is is a dead instrument, and the sales kind well, of back it up. You know, part part of Gibson's problem is that, and I I saw this happen with a lot. You know, working for Guitar Center for a number of years, as I did, um, there are a lot of vendors that would have uh, have a big name to them. You know, there's certainly a name means a lot for a product in in uh in anything that you buy you know if you want to buy a car or something you know you have a certain brand that you you're loyal to sometimes or you just know that this brand means quality but there's it elevates to a higher level with instruments because they are iconic because of some of the people that have played them you know and so, like, Gibson being this iconic name has a lot of pull, and it's like, this is something that you want to have in your music store. And they use that to their advantage to control the market in certain ways. Um, and I, part of probably what Gibson's problem is is that they have... They're not getting enough of their guitars out there because they're too strict on how their stuff is presented. You know, it's not just like, well, if Gibson's making some cool guitars, our shop will buy them and sell the, the guitars that we like. It's like, if you want to carry Gibson guitars, you have to have X amount of Les Pauls, you have to have X amount of SGs, you have to have the Epiphone line as well, you have to carry our acoustics. Yeah, that used to be one of Fender's problems. If you wanted to be an authorized Fender dealer, you had to have one of every one of their flagship items in your store. Well, I mean, and even, I mean, companies, like even Behringer would do that. You can't just go, well, there's a couple of really good mixers that Behringer makes, and we just want to carry those. You had to stock damn near the entire line, or you weren't getting access to it. So I don't know. I mean, ultimately, though, Gibson is like, they're, if, if we couldn't let Twinkies die. I don't see how Gibson guitars are going to die. Like they're not going to go away. It's maybe they'll be Guitar- bought out by somebody. Maybe they'll be, you know, and maybe that's a good thing because hey, gu- guitar will never be obsolete. It provides chord changes. Well, I mean, there's certainly there's certainly competition for people who are just interested in good playing and nice looking instruments there's not a lot of competition if like you are somebody who idolizes somebody like slash or uh or jimmy page and you are such a fan and want to play like them that you have to own a gibson well i mean it's for decades right or wrong at least until probably the 80s in the super strat Slash, you know, Frankenstrat that 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 EVH put together, and then everybody wanted a Strat style guitar with a one humbucker and a, and a Floyd Rose on it. Right. It was Gibson into a Marshall, and if it wasn't a Gibson, it was a Fender into a Marshall. It was a Les Paul into a Marshall. It was a Strat into a Marshall. That was pretty much the the standard setup, and for for rock, and. I mean, it, it, it took, they took a dip in the early 80s, and then 
Slash come out and reminded everyone that, yeah, um, no matter what Yingve Malmsteen says, Paganini didn't start rock and roll. It was Chuck Berry. And he played a Gibson. And that's what I'm playing. Uh, you know, and... It sounds so good. I, I think it... I, I think, I mean, this is came close to happening before. I remember it, it came like close mud. to happening. <laughs> boo! Boo this man! <laughs> boo! Well, you know that's why that's why Eddie Van Halen he always went with the until the 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 his signature music man he always went with a one PAF humbucker in all his guitars is because he said like he could never get the front you know the lead and the rhythm pickup to sound good he could only get one or the other so he said fuck it let's just eliminate the choice just stick right. one humbucker in there use a volume control and a Verivac for everything else you need you know but. I don't. I mean, I obviously, I don't think Gibson's going away forever. But I mean, it does. I'm not even a Gibson fan. I've I've owned a Les Paul. It was an Epiphone Les Paul. It was a well put together guitar. It. it I found it to what Probably it did. The it, guitar you ever owned. What it did. It did well, but it wasn't as versatile as I needed a guitar to be. Um, what? Not, you know, I've owned it. Not a big fan of that fucking clean sound in those pickups on the Epi Les Paul I had. Rock, Dude, jazz, funk, country. What? Yeah. What more do you need out of a guitar? Stratocaster? I don't know. I'm just saying. That always works for me. And you could drop a humbucker in it if you want to, if you want to be sacrilegious. Well, so. you know, also the quality of what they're putting out has continued to drop. And the innovations that they're putting into their guitars in order to try and keep up with the changing market are not things that people are looking for. You know, at one point they had to back off of it finally, but their, their robot self tuning technology that didn't even, didn't even work that well. I forgot about that. Yeah. For, for a period, I think it was in the like 2012, 2013, somewhere around their models. They were all robots. You couldn't, you had to order some like, you know, top of the line five thousand dollars signature model in order. If you just wanted a standard Les Paul, you were getting robot tuners. And meanwhile, they were still putting out stuff that like just wasn't the same quality. I mean, I owned one Gibson that I bought. I a uh, a double cut. I don't know if it's a junior, but it's a flat top. It wasn't arched, right? Just a, the plain yellow body with two, uh, um, oh, what are they, the, the uh, style of single coil pickups that they use? I forget. Oh, the P90s. The, the, the P90s, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, had, they had P90s in them. And I really liked that guitar. Um, I think part of why I bought it was because the lead singer of The Shins played it on their appearance on MTV. But I really did like the guitar. I had to take it back though because the neck was so twisted it wasn't it wasn't playable. And you know, it's wood, shit happens. But I also worked with and sold these for these guitars for a number of years and watched during the what seven, eight years that I worked at Guitar Center, watched the quality of Gibson guitars continue to sink while Fenders actually increased. I was pulling squires off the wall, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this came out of the box like this, and three thousand dollar less Pauls. I was like, "I can't believe you're asking money for this." Yeah, sit here, listen, you 
talk this <laughs> blasphemous <laughs> shit. <laughs> See, all right, fuck it. All right, Mr. Uh, going to show for Gibson. What the fuck made you pick up a Les Paul over any other style guitar? I mean, it, tone. even an SG tone. or tone. a Thunderbird. Yeah. Tone. But here's the thing. Okay, Le- the Les Paul is named after, of course, Les Paul, who is an innovator of recording and amplification technology and understood that it was all in the electronics and proved it by building a guitar out of a fucking log, right? He has a guitar called the log, or had, and that's all it is, is a piece of wood with a nice pickup on it, and he would play that shit. And now... All of the guitars bearing his name, even if they don't have actual, you know, solid wood like this, are all made to look like this expensive, pretty, you know, tiger-striped and burled wood and all this shit. It doesn't fucking matter. That's what, I mean, I know there's an aesthetic value to guitars, certainly. And there's some beautiful-looking Les Pauls. But none of that is giving you the tone. That's what I... I find silly about Les Pauls in general. Well, you know, the 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 last band I was in, the drummer, uh, he's a guitar player as well, and comes from a long line of musicians. So he had some handed down guitars and and uh, had some he had some really nice equipment. So when we went in the studio, I was like, you know, this Strat just ain't gonna cut it for this fucking this this rhythm part, man. And I hesitate to ask, and he's like, what what do you want to use? I said. That black beauty you got. He's like, I mean, yeah, man. You're not leaving the studio with it. It's not like I'm giving it to you and saying, get it back to me when you get a chance. I'm like, I got you. And, I mean, it's an older one, one of the three pickup models. Thing played, sounded great. And, you know, made me go to Guitar Center and look at a modern interpretation of that guitar. And, of course, they had to... You know, the guy had to come over and climb up the ladder and go get it because it was up there because we don't want kids touching it. And right, he looked at me like I don't like I've never played fucking guitar in my life and said, "No, you don't have anything with zippers on. It's going to scratch it, do you?" And I was like, "Asshole, I've been playing longer. Than you've been alive." <laughs> Wait, let me go okay. in the car. and get my fucking all zipper coat. I'll be right back. <laughs> the fact that the fact that I walked in the guitar center asked to play that guitar, and when you came down with it, I had my own pick in my hand. Should tell you I'm no fucking newbie at this, okay? I got Michael Jackson's jacket from the Bad (laughs) Album in the car. Damn it! You got to it before I can. That's what I was trying to say. Is Rich is standing there dressed like Michael Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) And you know, sparkly glove and all. (laughs) Took it over to a a, 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 you know Marshall DSL and, and half stack, plugged it in, and was like. I don't know what's wrong with these pickups. It doesn't play as well. And I was just it may like... Not, it may not have even been wired correctly. I mean, that I, shit, who knows? That's possible. And I was just like, for what you're asking for this, I could, I could literally probably have a custom-made one built to, to the specifications I say with the exact wood, the exact color, oh, yeah. the exact oh, yeah. everything I want from Warmoth. And be happy with what i have i damn sure could call the fender custom shop and have a fucking custom made guitar for the eight grand they wanted for that fucking thing and i was like you gotta be kidding me and to now to me that's where gibson's shooting themselves in the foot yeah okay i get it 
you know, people love, you know, there was a story in Premier Guitar, uh, their website about between, I think it was 58 and 60. There's 1,500 Gibson Les Pauls made. Uh-huh. Somehow there's 2,200 of them floating around right now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so when well, you right, I mean, a- Gibson's the Cadillac of guitar makers, right? But where's Cadillac now? There's way more fucking Fords on the road. Yeah. But, I mean, but once again, that's how good of a product they did have once. And, yeah, they were pricier than a Stratocaster. Stratocasters were built specifically for a working man's guitar. If yeah. you bust the neck, it's a bolt-on. You can put a new one on, you yeah. know, et cetera, et cetera. You pop the pick guard off. You don't have to take the guitar half apart to do anything. You know, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, it's just like, you can't keep charging the prices that they charge and not deliver the expected product that you're you're getting for that price. And I don't, I'm not rooting for them to go bankrupt and whatsoever because, I mean, I'm just imagining if Gibson ceased to exist, Jesus Christ, can can you imagine Les Paul prices then? Oh geez, well you know part of their problem too in in why these guitars are so expensive is because they require woods that aren't that readily available anymore, and in some cases even protected. Yeah, rosewood you, they can't use on uh, uh, necks anymore. Yep. They, no, no new been, rosewood necks will be. Probably, they got to use up everything they have. They're moving to was it Payo Ferro? I think that's the wood they're using yeah, now on Stratocasters and yeah, Les Pauls. And, and uh, there was many cases uh, of which they—I don't think they were ever actually prosecuted, but they settled a lot of cases in, uh, when they were accused of of using endangered wood sources. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think. It, Gibson as a name will always go on because it's just hard to kill those iconic names. But I think as far as what people expect from a a new Gibson guitar, they might have to shift their expectations. Well, and I don't think I don't, I don't think that should be. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know that if you think the only way to have a the only would that should be used on a fretboard as rosewood, well, then you're going to eventually be forced to buy vintage guitars that are going to cost you a lot more. Or learn that, you know, like woods can make a difference, but they are certainly not the end-all and be-all of tone. This is true. They make make minor differences. And there's so many, like... uh, I'm trying to remember. I, there's specific examples, but I can't. I can't pull them out of my ass. I, I, but Guitar Center would have uh, you know artists come into their stores and do appearances, and they'd play a little bit, you know. And a lot of times, it was just pulling some cheap Epiphone or Squire off the wall because it was readily available. And making it sound like a million dollar guitar because it's played by somebody who knows what they're doing, has put a lot of practice and care and time and effort into their work. And that makes way more of a difference than what type of wood the guitar is made out of. Oh, definitely. 
I mean, I've, I, I just remember uh, uh, an old video I saw when I first had high-speed internet of Ted Nugent came across Eddie Van Halen when they were touring, and he was like, hey, can I play your rig? And Eddie Van Halen was like, yeah, go ahead. And guess what? It sounded like Ted Nugent. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like that guitar, that amp, that setup is going to make you magically sound mm-hmm. like the guitar and, player whose rig that is. And we would have them. Uh, I, we'd have customers all the time that I referred to as tone seekers, who couldn't really play the instrument very well. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're looking for. You're looking for some magical thing that's going to inspire you. And that's going to make you a better player and want to play more or something. And like, if you really want to play guitar, you'll play on fucking anything. Exactly. That's how how most people that I know that that are good guitar players started out. They just they got some piece of shit and they played it and they made it sound as good as fucking possible. And when you can do that with a piece of shit pawn shop guitar. You can pick up just about anything and make it sound Dude, you decent. played me in a band when I had, like, some scratch to throw around, dude. I had the most ghetto-fied rigs, like, my entire playing career, and it didn't matter. Like, you know, I'd played yeah. with, you know, I'd play with bands where, you know, fucking guys had more money in their rig than, you know, I'd probably never spend on gear in my lifetime. Right. And blow them off the stage. Because fuck you, I practice more. Yep. Well, you know, I... It, uh, growing up, you know, I, I, I took my cues from certain guitar players and I was like, I like their tone. I like how they play, but that's not the exact tone that I'm looking for. So I started from, okay, what did they use? And then I found out that since most of them were using shit in the 60s and, you know, oh, they're using a Univibe. Well, let me buy one of those. Oh, they're $5,000? Well, I'm going to settle for a roto vibe then. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like it's just not going to happen. But then I heard um, Matthew Sweet's song "Girlfriend" oh, and yeah. the lead guitar on that. Oh, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that fucking tone! That's it right there." And through pure fuckery, I ended up playing a Stratocaster into a Boss Super Overdrive using a Tube Screamer for for a volume boost into a fucking Fender Twin. And like a decade and a half after I'd settled on that setup, I read an interview with the guitar player who played on it. I think his name was Robert Quine, Robert Quinn, played with television and uh, uh, Richard Hell and a bunch of other guys from the, from back uh-huh. in the, that, that scene. And they said, what was your setup for that song? That's the exact setup he used. The only difference was I was playing a 65 reissue, he was playing a silver face. And I was like, oh shit. And so I settled on... That's the sound I've had in my head. I'm happy with it. You know, when I, I, I was able to replace my gear that I had, had lost through, you know, divorce and, and, and all the shit, I went and got exactly what I had before or facsimiles of it if they don't make it anymore. And I'm happy with how I sound. But I understand what you're saying about the tone guys. You know, the guys that are like, oh, what's the difference in tone between... Uh, 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 plastic wrapped wires in your Stratocaster and cloth wrapped. Well, Eric yeah. Johnson, not much. Okay, so don't fucking <laughs> worry about it. You know, how about this? How about how about learn to bend to a pitch? <laughs> you know, if I say bend a step up, 
and it sounds like a cat going through a fucking, you know, a shredder, that's a problem. And it doesn't matter <laughs> about your gear. All right. But yeah. And no, well, I just it, you know when it, 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 I don't want to see Gibson go under, but I have to say overall I do agree with the the the, the whoever the dude from Muse was that said that it, he says he said guitar is dead, but then he went on, they went on and they said you know asked him to clarify himself and he said I just don't see it as a lead instrument anymore. A guitar has become what a piano or a keyboard became right. in no, the sixties. That's, that's what it was. It's originally what it was. You know, and I mean honestly, we I think we've talked about it before. Maybe it wasn't on the show. I can't remember, but the real technical jaw-dropping guitar Olympic shit I see is always some kid or some guy in a bedroom playing for his fucking, his webcam and doing amazing shit that I could never do. But you can tell that's probably, that's all they do. You know, I mean, they're not in bands. They're not touring. They're not studio music. They're not writing anything. No. And it's like, you know, playing the Mario theme. (laughs) In some insane way that makes me go, I never even thought to fucking play the guitar that way. What's wrong right. with me? But yeah, it, it, I, it, I think I think it's a legit point. But then again, let's be honest, guys. Aren't we old enough? And aren't we to the point where we know what music we like? We don't really care where it's at in the charts as long as we can still get to it and have access to it. Exactly. Oh yeah, I've given up on the radio a long ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. We should give up on this show. But don't you give up <laughs> don't on Don't give show. up. <laughs> but we should give up on creating this show. This, this current show, God, wow, everything, let's just stop talking. Let's just wrap yeah. it up. <laughs> yes. That's a horrible we got, really segue. Into the, we got really into the weeds there and the uh, music and guitars issue, but I like it. Yeah. But, hey, just... Thanks to everybody who's listened. You know, hit us up on Twitter at UnregimentedPod. Email unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. Share the show. You know, go to ChristopherMedia.net. There is, click on leave a review. There's a button on right at the top. It takes you to the Christopher Media page at Apple Podcasts. You can leave it a little review, uh, rate it, all that fun stuff, and tell someone about it. If you like it, it's how you do it. Uh, if you've f- just found the show, welcome. If you've been listening, Thanks for continuing to listen. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Later, guys.
If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.